passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our Royal Rumble post show. It's John Pollock and waiting. Lots to get into from tonight's show from the Alamo Dome. And we will be getting to you as well for patrons that are out there. Uh, you will have the ability to call in afterwards. But overall, way your impressions of this year's Royal Rumble. The show overall, mm, I thought was certainly a mixed bag. You know, we're strictly talking about the centerpieces of these sort of shows. And that's the Rumble matches. Um, I think they got to their destinations perfectly fine you know for both matches i think they were highlighted by whether it was the final two or the final three whenever that took place and i think coming out of those matches um the results are great but the body of the both of the matches in particular with the women i think you could certainly be critical of um and then the body of the show i think you could certainly be very critical of in between as we will get to but when we talk about the finishes of those rumbles i left very satisfied and when we talk about the end of this show, I could not imagine a more satisfactory ending to that particular match. And at least, you know, this major mm, crossroads, end of a big chapter of the Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens story. The angle was phenomenal. The angle was, um, I think, among among the best you have seen in WWE in... In history. I, it's, it's up there. It was a tremendous, tremendous angle. And coming out of it, like you look at where where this gets you to re- WrestleMania as well, because what you did tonight to me was, um, yeah, among the biggest angles in company history, just in terms of effectiveness and the satisfaction of seeing how much of buildup had been behind this and the reaction to that chair shot. And then everything, the visual at the end, all of it was done so tremendously well. You have Jay Uso that really the Jay Uso element is a two and a half year story itself going back to 2020, um, right at the beginning of this whole tribal chief character as well. And just how that how that gets you to Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes is another question because after this, it's um, like t- to me, like that is um, the only thing people want to see coming out of this. Not to say that Cody was negative on this show. I think that was executed very well. Um, it's just that that angle is going to dominate everything to me coming coming out of this show for people. Absolutely. When you you know come out of the show and you ask me who the number one babyface in the WWE is. There's zero, zero question in my mind. It's Sami Zayn. Um, you know, a lot can happen between now and then. Obviously, um, we got Montreal coming up with the Elimination Chamber. So, um, you know, you, you pivot the story far enough to, to get uh, Sami Zayn maybe, you know, to, to get some sort of climax of his story then. And then somehow pave the way for, for Roman Reigns uh, after that with Cody. 
it's very possible. I have complete trust. You know, after seeing this angle tonight, I have complete trust in the people in the brains that are you know behind this particular angle. So let, let's see how they get there. Well, let's get into it because it's a lengthy show as we are coming at you here after midnight, uh, a near four and a half hour show uh, from the Alamo Dome. Uh, the pre-show was um, only noteworthy for the fact that they did do a bloodline segment in the locker room uh, with all the members there. And it's Roman Reigns reacting to SmackDown and how he gave an order and Zayn could not follow it by showing up on SmackDown. Why do I need to treat you like a child? And it's Jay that steps in and takes the blame. It was his call, explaining that Solo had the match, we were kicked out of the building by Adam Pierce, and you were off doing The Tonight Show. I had to call the audible, and Sammy was there for the family. And with that, Roman just changes the topic to tonight and says, let's just worry about tonight. And he wants the Usos to stay in the back, and Zayn will be with him all night, and says the formidable words, tonight is Sammy's night. And this segment, I mean, it it made it pretty clear, and especially knowing that the men's rumble was going to kick off the show, that this is the the departure of Sami Zayn's Royal Rumble uh, participation. Like, I don't think anyone was expecting him in the rumble, nor was there chance of Sami or anything like that. The fact that the title match was closing, I think everyone realized that this was the explanation of Sami Zayn will not be in the rumble, nor were, were any of the Bloodline members. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this could have been really, you know, the thing that they did to throw it off. I mean, I, I also do think there's something to, um, you know, what Sami Zayn was suggesting and that maybe this is a very different era of a WWE audience that, you know, might not be as um, sort of, um, I don't know, likely to revolt and, and turn on a show. Um, certainly tonight, you got zero indication that they were expecting Sami. Yeah. There was also a segment with Greg Miller the host of This Is Awesome, who uh, took a pie in the face from JBL. So if you tuned in for the pre-show, you were more than rewarded. And wasn't there like some comedian at the end? Uh, uh, Gabriel Iglesias was yeah. there. I, I didn't catch it. I'm sure he had a great time at the Rumble. The Rumble opens up with a video voiced by Hardy, who would have quite the presence on tonight's show. I knew what oh, I yeah. was saying uh, three and a half hours into this show. I could really go for a concert right now. That's what I needed. I did not expect uh, the concert to, to come. Um, I don't know if they announced it or just. Oh, they announced it. Out, it. They announced it way back when they did the angle with Solo Sokoa that he would perform at the Rumble. So yeah, they did I advertise guess, this. I guess I had forgotten all about it. And, uh, I, you know, we, we kind of talk about um, 930 on a Wednesday being a tough spot for any, uh, you know, match to take place on a Dynamite. Um, certainly anything at the 10 o'clock hour on Raw is a tough spot. I can't imagine a worse spot to throw in a musical performance than 11.30 p.m., you know? <laughs> I can't imagine a worse musical performance to fit in at any point of this show. I thought it was pretty dreadful, but we'll get there uh, later in the show. They announced that uh, attendance of 51,338. We will see what the actual number was. WrestleTix earlier today had it at uh, – 44,417. So um, I, I'm sure that they, by by the time the show began, I'm sure they were closing in. Uh, I don't know if they quite hit 50 or not, but uh, we'll see. It was a very, very strong audience. Um, it sounded like a great crowd at various points, and the gate was through the roof for this company. So th this was a giant event for the company. This could end up being their most watched uh, pay-per-view ever just based on the amount of homes peacock is in like this might beat last year's mania which was 
in around 13 million homes. They're up to 20 now with Peacock. So like you could you could certainly come out on Monday with one of their lines, like the most watched WWE pay-per-view of all time and maybe very accurate. Is that purely just based on the possibility of, uh, you know, 20 million people being have a, having access to it? Do we actually have real numbers about how many people chose to tune in on Peacock? They get those numbers. We do not. They just say, you know, year over year, there were 30 percent more that watched than than this year. They just give those percentages out. But I I take those as, you know, true figures that they are the most watched when they state them. And they should be when you're on a platform like this, like you compare this to the pay-per-view era it's it's night and day in terms of the reach that you have and and it's not just you know accessibility i feel also there's a big buzz in the product and this is a very popular show there was a lot of things going for this as well but the the distribution of peacock also helps so our first surprise of the night it is pat mcafee who is back he comes out if michael cole did not know pat mcafee was coming out um he did a wonderful job of conveying how shocked he was that Pat was out here and like had no idea this guy was going to be joining him. Um, I can't imagine that to be true, but my God, did he sell me on the fact that th- this guy just seemed like completely stunned. He's like, I just, I just talked to you this morning. Our producer's telling us you're sitting in for the show. And we got Pat McAfee, Michael Cole, and Corey Graves all night long. And Pat McAfee... Boy, this is a guy that has such a charm and energy about him that can certainly skate by the fact that this dude didn't watch any wrestling the last four months. That would be my strong assumption. Would you say so? Like, yes. I, I didn't notice any, honestly, like, you know, too much that was off, like, about his commentary. Dude, he didn't know Alexa Bliss's character is like, now she's uh, she's now crazy, I understand. And, <laughs> right, dude, okay. there were a lot of, he, he gets by on the fact that, like, he knows the. To be fair, like, I watch this show every single week and I take notes and I'll still ask that question from time to time about Alexa. Well, there, is Lacey Evans a heel a ba- or she's a baby face now? Well, maybe it's, maybe it's best uh, you, you don't tune in. And kicking things off, the Men's Royal Rumble. Uh, what did you think about the Men's Rumble kicking off the show? Uh, not much. You know, per- perfectly fine. Um, you know, part of me obviously wondered if it was uh, maybe their way of um, maybe distancing the Sami Zayn aspect of it all with, uh, with this. Um, there was nothing else that could have closed the show than what they did. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, part of me wonders if it's like somewhat political since like the women started last year. I, I, I don't know, but... Well, they also want to do the story with Rhea going in hurt as well to the women's rumble. So there was that factor as well. I I don't think it really mattered the uh, the placement of all of this. But this Mm -hmm. was uh, a match that started with Gunther and Sheamus on Sheamus's 45th birthday. And for his birthday, he ended up having to uh, uh, put in a lot of ring time, but not as much as Gunther, who uh, we can talk about now. I mean, Gunther goes right until the end and sets the... uh, I guess the non Saudi Arabia Royal Rumble record of longest yeah. uh, in in the Rumble. I believe the wording now is the long uh, the tr- longest record in a traditional Royal Rumble match. So when they say most eliminations in a Rumble, Braun Strowman is still credited for what he did in Saudi Arabia. How how is that one worded? It's like we acknowledge Saudi Arabia when it's convenient and we distance ourselves from it when it's a guy that uh, is no longer on our roster. So you mm -hmm. you have to do the uh, the math. But yeah, other than Daniel Bryan in Saudi Arabia, Gunther now has the record for the longest uh, 
longest lasting member in a Royal Rumble. And we talked on Friday about Gunther and getting like the big sort of monster spot. They gave him the Iron Man spot. And I I thought this guy gained a ton out of this rumble. Like you can see how high they have him positioned because he was one of, I think his stock was greatly increased from this, this rumble handling. Oh, he was one of the biggest, you know, projects I would say of this entire rumble. As far as breakout, I don't know if there is somebody uh, who benefited from this more than him. Um, yeah. Like I, he would have fit with maybe the monster role with most eliminations, but like t- tonight they didn't even seem to make that big of a deal out of most el- eliminations. So I, I'm kind of curious about like who had that stat, but it almost like it wasn't featured, so it almost didn't matter. It's actually far more impressive in a legitimate real world way to see a guy perform for 60 plus minutes. And thankfully, like they have a guy who's not only big, but can but has the cardio to be able to be able to pull that off like in a Gunther. The Miz was in third and ended up being the first elimination several minutes in. Kofi Kingston was fourth, noting it's his 15th rumble uh, that, that he comes in and uh Poor Kofi. I mean, last year he had the uh, the near elimination uh, streak end where it unfortunately the luck was not on his side. And then this year, uh, I guess they were trying for something and the chair did not cooperate. So I'm guessing this is the maybe the new streak, John, of him failing every single attempt at one of these Royal Rumble spots. This was rough. But, oh. And he was like, do I keep my foot above here? And it was like, th- we didn't even get any finality to this. It was just Kofi was gone and we just didn't reference him anymore. Like this was his elimination. You can't save this. Like, it was so, so for people, I don't know if like, you, some of you might be listening to this and you haven't watched the spot was Kofi was on the apron. Gunther was supposed to, you know, shove him off the apron and Woods, who was already eliminated on the outside, rolled up a chair, one of those sort of like office chairs to catch Kofi- him. Kofi was supposed to land on the office chair and they just crumbled. I mean, the, 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 the legs like came out from underneath and he just spilled on the floor like you're seeing here. So it was you uh, can't trust these wheeled wheeled office chairs. You know, they're, they're awfully hard to, to do spots in. And but yeah, this is a, another unfortunate embarrassment for uh, Kofi Kingston. Johnny Gargano is fifth coming back from his shoulder injury that he's been out since uh, December 30th with. Dude, this remix of Rebel Heart is awful. It's terrible. Now, if Hardy it, was singing it, it, that's the only thing that can make this thing worse. There was no reaction to this guy coming out because of this song that uh, I don't know if many people have heard it yet because he's only used it a handful of times. It, it's almost to the point where, like, you're better off just choosing a completely new song than yes. to try to replicate, you know, the one that people have already gotten so used to. Now, would you have felt this way if you didn't know the original? I do know the original. It's not a good song to begin with. It's uh Well, you didn't it, even like the original one? No, I I'm I should say like the like if I was just listening to this remixed Rebel Heart song on its own, I I, it's I didn't have the song. precedent. It's just sung differently. I don't like it. It's it's slow, yeah. it's so much slower and it's just it, it's the first one was so upbeat and energy filled and yeah, this one right. is the opposite of it. It's just a bad yeah. song. Yeah. Xavier Woods is in sixth, and then so they're just kind of uh, loading up the uh, the ring. The New Day uh, teamed up here, and then they did a stand a standoff, and we thought Kofi and Woods would go at it, and they did what Michael Cole described as a wheelbarrow butt slapper together. I, I wouldn't know how else you would describe what they did. Yeah, Karrion Cross is out seventh, and uh, then Chad Gable follows him, and then Drew McIntyre is out, and Pat McAfee is asking, "What are Drew and Sheamus's name?" What do they call themselves? And Corey Graves says it's no longer for public consumption. There's copyrights involved, as he was not going to call them the Banger Bros. And then they Claymore or Drew Claymore's Carrying Cross out. So Carrying Cross is in this thing for under five minutes. 
a very underwhelming uh, 24 hours for Karrion Cross. I don't know yeah. about this guy. Yeah, yeah. No interaction with Rey Mysterio, obviously. Um, lost to Rey on SmackDown, and uh, it doesn't seem... Well, we'll see. No one, we'll see no one interacted with Rey that we're aware of. No. Uh, Gunther well, well, Dominic, that, that was the insinuation. In that, the, that was yeah. with the mask. Santos Escobar is out 10th. Now, the best part about uh, Drew coming out 9th and Santos Escobar 10th is that during the pre-show, they're drawing their numbers, and we just have to look at their facial reactions. <laughs> yeah. So Drew gets his thing, and he's like, oh, damn. And he walks off, and then Santos Escobar gets his, and he's like, I've won the lottery. It's like these two men and how they interpreted their numbers differently. They were one apart. One was like, I, I, 10. 10 is like 20 away from the, the end. And Drew, it's like, oh, Christ, nine. This was just uh, awesome. Those poor guys. They really should tell them what number they actually are going in before filming those. Graves says he hopes that Escobar did not learn Royal Rumble rules from Mil Moskris. For uh, that reference no, in depth, out. check out the Royal Rumble 97 watch-along available postwrestlingcafe.com. Angelo Dawkins is out 11th in his uh, Spurs uh, colors. And then Gunther is, sends Kingston off the apron, and this is where he crashes. And back-to-back, uh, uh, -back, rough years for Kofi Kingston. Number 12 is Brock Lesnar, who is out to a big reaction. Drew and Sheamus go after him, and he's delivering Germans. Uh, the audience is all amped here as Lesnar eliminates Escobar with a fallaway slam, clotheslines Dawkins out, dumps Gable, and then he lifts Sheamus for this belly-to-belly -belly and nearly killed poor Sheamus on his birthday. Yeah. Um, Man, it was I was like oh. holding my breath. And this dude, like we saw the thing with Big E last year and it was like, man, I've got that stuck in my head. And this was this was pretty, pretty scary to watch. And then Brock has a big face off uh, with Gunther. So um, that leads to Bobby Lashley coming Good, out. And a big reaction from the audience. Yep. Yeah. The audience liked this. Like and Gunther, mm -hmm. you have to imagine he's positioned for something big, not saying it's going to be Brock, but you figure Gunther is going to have something really sizable at, at Mania based on his handling oh, yeah. in all oh, yeah. of this. And Lesnar, if if that ends up being um, a direction, like people would buy into it. It's a fresh opponent, and I, th I think people would not have any apprehension about this this idea. Not at all. It's a very attractive match. So Lashley comes out right after Brock. Amazing luck of the draw here. And he spears Lesnar and then delivers ones to Drew and Sheamus and Gunther. But an F5 gets stopped by Lashley and then he clotheslines Lesnar out. So Lashley eliminates Lesnar and Lesnar is pissed. He tosses a piece of desk into the ring of the desk and then drives the steps into the desk and just goes insane. He attacks Baron Corbin, who's the next entrant, and F5s him on the floor, and that's it for Brock Lesnar. He was in this thing for about three minutes, but we are obviously going with him and Bobby Lashley at one of these uh, upcoming shows, whether it be in three weeks or Mania, and they did tease the Gunther stuff, so you, you certainly had a lot of angle shot in this match for a lot of the key guys that you can see some directions coming out of this rumble. It wasn't as though you're just, man, I don't know where these people are going to land. There were several key directions. 15th is Seth Rollins, who continues to attack Corbin on the floor, then rolls him in and clotheslines Corbin out. So what is the, what is the ruling on how long a guy is in the rumble for? Does Corbin's time start when he starts, when he enters the ring or when he gets ringside? Like uh, how, how would a Chris Engler figure this one out? I would say when you enter the ring. Okay. I, so I then he was, was probably even shorter than Elias. Elias was like 30 seconds or so. Corbin was 
in and out in five seconds or so. Mm-hmm. Well, what is about somebody who didn't enter at all, like a Rey Mysterio? Um, he's the technically he's, he's still, he's Co- still Cody active. should have to beat Ray. That's that's it. Yeah, the Maven rule. Um, sure. He never How got eliminated for one him? year. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Otis is in 16th and then followed by Ray Mysterio's music. And Ray never comes out. These announcers. Well, Ray is never, uh, he's never always on time. He must be, maybe he didn't hear his music. You know, what could have happened to Ray? He's just, he's just running late. And then 18th is Dominic Mysterio. And Dom comes out wearing his father's mask. And Michael Cole calls him a piece of shit. And the announcers were supposed to cut him off, but he got enough of it out there that he just, Full out called this dude a piece of shit. And he, then he, he was trying to tear this mask and he, had a hell of a time. Well, he had a tougher time with this mask than he probably did his dad backstage. This mask was uh, this was a durable mask. For, uh, only the best for Ray on pay-per-view night. So I, I took this to be mask match. Uh, like mask versus hair or mask. Uh, so, something involving Ray's mask should be. The match at WrestleMania. I mean, but they screw with Ray's mask all the time, you know? Like, it's a big stipulation. I would say, that, like, it would be wonderful, yes. I, I would say the, the program is probably hot enough that you don't even have to go there. Um, but, you know, yeah, it would, it would, if they, you know, because I don't think Ray's losing his mask. So if, if Dom is willing to shave his head bald, then you could add that stipulation. If you're going to lose your mask to someone, would you not want it to be your son? I, I guess I just never really want him to lose his mask. Cause number one, Kevin Nash. Number two, your son. <laughs> yeah, it would be Kevin Nash first, yeah. Um, so I thought Dominic was great in this. Awesome. Like the total coward, and he just, like, slithers his way to stay in the match. Well, what happened to Madcap Moss? Go back to the graphic there. What happened to Madcap? Well, uh... I guess there were, uh... Had he, to make some room for some too. people. Oh, maybe, yeah. uh... Yeah, maybe Edge ran into him in the back yeah, of Booker. Yeah, could be. So, uh, um, yeah, I thought Dominic was really great. Just his entrance here, my even struggling with the mask. I mean, it, it kind of fits this it guy. It fits, just, totally he's fit. just He's just this dork. Um, anyway, Conan getting a shout-out, too, from Corey Graves, that even Conan's afraid of uh, uh, he, ex-con Dom. He got that from his brother, Corey. Elias was 19th, and he comes in. He breaks a guitar over Gunther's back, and Gunther's back is all sliced up. This poor dude had to go another half hour after this guitar shot, and his back just looked like hell from this guitar shot. It's a Claymore-Brogue combo, which I like the double-team maneuver. And really, you position Drew and Sheamus as sort of a like your modern-day Undertaker-Kane combo, and they just like they got a lot out of it, like the ass-kicking tag team that... Didn't win the match, but certainly got a lot out of it. Yeah, I I'd love for them to have you know interesting tag team uh, move names that um, the, uh, I'm sure the internet will have plenty of fun with the Clegg. Not that more fun than that. Okay. Um, Finn Balor was 20th, and uh, he knocks Gargano out. Gargano lasted over 30 minutes, but I can't say anything memorable involving Johnny Gargano. He was sort of well, just... Well, the music uh, was maybe <laughs> the reaction to the music. Bravo, bravo. <laughs> he did wonderful. 21 was Booker T, 57-year-old Booker T. Uh, so he comes out, uh, hell of a reaction for the spinner and then Gunther tosses him out, and Pat calls Gunther a hole of an ass for right, doing that. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, a uh, big Texas welcome for Booker T. Um, I think the dude looks incredible, at least in terms of uh, his you know physical shape at 57. Um, got in there and got all the spots done, went over the top rope well, you know, did the spin and rooney. It's about as much as you can ask for for somebody at 57. 
Yeah, they they really did not. This was as much of a uh, in terms of the nostalgia uh, mm-hmm. surprises. Um, you know, it was Booker T and Michelle McCool are pretty much the names from the past. Everyone else, it was it was current stuff. And I I'm not too upset. It was by fine. It. You know, like they have such a big roster right now. I I I'd rather they focus on like good storytelling. Um, you definitely want your you know occasional surprises, and maybe they considered you know guys that you haven't seen in a long time to be surprised. Like a you, you had a lot of names like that have been either out of action or were pending debuts that you had enough that were surprises that didn't have to be going back to twenty years. So I mm-hmm. was totally fine with this. Damian Priest, Montez Ford, and then twenty fourth is Edge, who comes out, spears Priest and Balor, and then Dom tries to hit him with a six one nine. He gets speared and then. Edge eliminates Priest, eliminates Balor, and then faces off with Seth Rollins, reigniting that feud. But then Dominic jumps him, and the Judgment Day returns, sending him over the top. And Edge was in this thing for, what, two minutes? But you set up a lot here with the Judgment Day direction and obviously building to some major uh, culmination of that feud. And they continue to fight all the way up to the ramp, as uh, or the entranceway, as Dominic remains in the match. And as Austin Theory comes out, he just lets Edge, Balor, and Priest fight when Ripley nails Edge from behind. And that prompts Beth Phoenix to come out, stare down Ripley, and Beth Phoenix spears Ripley, who would have to go into her match later on injured. Mm-hmm. I, you know, again, with Edge, I, I don't think anybody is looking for him to, you know, last long in the Rumble. Like, his, there's no value in keeping him to, to Final Two. Like, his purpose is to out, get out here and for the first time in many months, get revenge on the Judgment Day. They had a very intense brawl. So intense that Finn Balor tripped on his way uh, towards the uh, end of the ramp. Um, but, you know, the Beth Phoenix return, I thought, was very well done. And I thought, overall... They did a great job with the Judgment Day and they did a great did a great job with this Edge program with Beth Phoenix coming out of this. Yeah. Are you seeing like mixed tag or I think you could do both, you know, maybe I mean we forget, you know, they they're having a pay-per-view in Montreal and Edge yeah. of course is not a, you know, uh from a hometown not that far away from from Montreal. We're practically neighbors, you know, in every major city here in Canada. So uh, maybe the mixed tag in Montreal and then WrestleMania might be where your singles is or or vice versa. You could you could also do like Edge, Beth and Ray against Balor, Priest and Rhea and don't get Dominic involved with Ray in the match. But then that is your your spinoff for for Mania. You could do Ray and Dominic and then Edge, whatever his program is for Mania. If you squeeze out one more big thing with Balor or Edge is off to something else for WrestleMania. Omos was 26th, and um, he's coming in. And, man, this guy was just talking up a storm to everybody. He's uh, ch- delivering choke slams, setting up stuff with Gunther. Then Braun Strowman comes off, and him and uh, Omos have a face-off. As Pat notes, not a lot of flippy-flopping going on. And Braun eliminates Omos with a clothesline, yelling, get your big ass out of here. And he did. Omos was gone. Ricochet is 28th. Then 29 is the returning Logan Paul, who suddenly woke up one day and realized, you know what? I'm a great heel. I should go with this. And this crowd hated him, and he just soaked in these boos. And finally, it feels like the, the world is, uh, is in sync with Logan Paul's character, and everyone mm-hmm. is on the same page. Really glad they came to their senses, you know? Um, 
I I wasn't even exactly sure, but I mean, from the moment he came out here, this crowd was booing him. I don't even think he was really prompting it too much. It, it's just the world's reaction to the Paul brothers, um, and you know it, they played it up very well. I, I would say appropriately here. They were ganging up on Logan Paul. The crowd cheered this. He hit his buckshot lariat onto Ricochet, and then Cody Rhodes is number thirty and. Giant pop for Cody. He comes in and he goes after Theory. Uh, he throws out his weight belt and we see the three amigos by Dominic onto Cody. And then he counters on the last one into the crossroads, eliminating Dominic. Uh, from there, Logan and Ricochet go onto opposite sides of the ring and they're like mouthing towards each other. Do you want to do this? And they go for simultaneous springboard clotheslines. And this was totally insane. Mm-hmm. Crowd went it's nuts for this. Yeah, yeah. Look at this shot. It, yeah, uh, thank you to the person of the crowd for, for taking this. This is a um, crowd shot? Wow. That it looks great, like a yeah. great photo. Beautiful photo, yeah. I mean, it's... Is it, this it, Michelle it, McCool? <laughs> I, that, I don't know. Um, she would have had a very busy night if so. But, you know, this this was such an incredibly simple spot. Like, it's almost archaic. We're going to both be- both bounce off of these ropes and run into e- into each other as hard and as fast as possible. But, boy, did it provide such a spectacular visual, you know, um, taking advantage of, of uh, both men's, you know, incredible vertical leaps. I, the spot of the match, I would say. It, it uh, Yeah, from just like a pure athletic standpoint, this was like your standout visual. Like, look mm-hmm. at that that shot. It's, it's incredible. Um, Cody and Ricochet work together to send Braun out. Then Theory clotheslines Ricochet out, and they're stomping on Theory. Cl- Cody clotheslines Theory out, and Cody and Rollins work together to eliminate Theory. So the final four are Cody, Rollins, Gunther, and hiding is Logan Paul. You assume it's just three, but Logan Paul is there. They, they love doing that one. So Rollins says Cody won't steal his spotlight again, and then they each take turns pedigreeing Gunther. For uh, points with Uncle Paul. Well, to to carry their um, sort of like month-long story of both of them vying for Triple H's throne. Paul then, uh, Logan Paul, not Lebec, returns and throws Rollins out. And that seemed to be our our hint towards Logan Paul and Seth Rollins, which will be a phenomenal match between those two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we we know Logan Paul has asked for John Cena. um, there are probably a lot of issues with that, you know, just uh, mainly perhaps on, on Cena's uh, schedule and, and his end. But I, I, I and think they're clearly lot... teasing already the theory stuff. Like if Cena's yeah. coming back, it looks like he's he's locked up with theory, whether that's a tag, whether that's a singles that like they're already putting those hints out. The, the Rollins match was was one that I wasn't necessarily considering. And I actually like it a whole lot. You know, um, we see in Logan Paul somebody who um, provides a lot of raw talent for this thing and a lot of raw athleticism for for this um you know sport and seth rollins is somebody who seemingly has been able to have incredible matches with every with everybody so on a big stage with you know enough time with logan paul i mean they can do really well so logan is just healing it up and then he's hit with a crossroads and cody eliminates logan paul bringing it down to cody and the number one entrant gunther number one versus number 30 and they had an outstanding like usually the final two, it's it's pretty quick and you've got a, a like a fever pitch from the crowd. Uh, but they they worked like a mini match here, and I thought it was really really intense between the two. Yeah. Uh, we we saw a Cody Cutter hit. Uh, Gunther uh, ends up 
taking a dragon screw through the rope, and then Cody sets him up in the corner and hits Shattered Dreams uh, full on with the uh, the Gold Dust mannerisms. And does that say anything to you? Um, in terms of what? Well, I mean, it, you know, uh, I guess that there's there's discussion of of uh, Dustin Rhodes' contract possibly being due soon. Um, not that this would, you know, signify anything, but he chose a very specific spot for a very specific, uh, heavily watched moment in this particular match to tease. I'm, I'm sure it might it might get that discussion out there of like Dustin Rhodes being, you know, hired as like a coach or a producer. I really don't see him coming. In. Like I think his his performing days are are winding down. But, well, the occasional uh, performance role, like he's got an AEW, perhaps. But yeah, like this might you know just kind of jumpstart that discussion a little bit more. So they're battling by the apron, and then uh, the last symphony attempt is countered into a crossroads, and Cody clotheslines him out 71 minutes and 41 seconds, and he points to the sign, and Michael Cole says, from dashing to stardust to the main event of WrestleMania, the three, the, the, the trinity of the Cody Rhodes story, those three, that's, that's the straight line. Uh, yeah, I dashing so. Stardust Mania headliner. Right, B- big sure. gap between Stardust and Mania headliner. Well, I will say, I will say, like he is kind of still playing the AEW character. Like it's the same guy. So, like Cole's verbiage was more so referencing gimmick changes. I I felt, but what, what did you want him to say, John? You know, the guy who headlined all, uh, put together all in. Uh, you know what else? Yeah, just uh, if if you're going to include dashing and uh, and stardust, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this was a great ending to the Rumble. I, I thought overall, this I, I don't think that this was a uh, top tier of uh, Royal Rumbles, but I thought like there was um, like like solid um, maybe like upper third. Like yeah, I, I thought yeah. this was an entertaining match overall. You had a lot of different angles throughout the match, which I always like the fact that you come out of this with several different directions, whether it be, you know, Brock with Lashley that we already knew Rollins and Logan Paul, you had, you know, you know, Gunther, we don't really have who he's paired with, but a lot of options. And I think his stock comes out so great Mm -hmm. as a result of this. I thought Dominic was handled really well. So there was, there was a lot here and you had a winner that this audience embraced and took as a big, big deal. Yeah, the biggest risk I, I felt was, you know, um, whether or not people would have gravitated towards Cody Rhodes as that big favorite by the end, um, because, you know, there's there are distractions out there in a Sami Zayn because Cody Rhodes has has been away from TV for so long. And um, this showed me that the, those concerns were we shouldn't have really had those concerns because I thought they achieved everything they, they wanted to with Cody Rhodes here. Um, as far as the Rumble match goes, I, I thought the first third was pretty forgettable overall. The second third, I thought, was really highlighted by the really unpredictable energy of a Brock Lesnar run in um even though he only lasted what like two minutes i mean him getting pissed off because he only lasted two minutes was the show him freaking out and just like throwing shit around that only brock lesnar could throw around i thought it was tremendously entertaining and then you did great work with judgment day versus edge and beth phoenix uh dominic i thought you know especially had you know a wonderfully charismatic performance and i did not think i would be saying that for a long long time um logan paul i thought had a pretty good showing spot of the night goes to him and ricochet and you know you set up a, a a real, pretty big match, I would say, with Seth Rollins. Um, but, you know, the the talk coming out of this will be remembered for two people, and that's Cody Rhodes and, and Gunther. I thought the final stretch was fantastic. And 
the aspect I love the most is that it made Gunther look incredible, even in losing by the sheer fact that he lasted, you know, from, uh, what is it? Number, number one, one. number one, yeah. number one to 29th, you know, um, great performance by him. Great final stretch here and, uh, sets up a lot in motion for WrestleMania and beyond. Yeah. And a lot of times with the rumble, it's going to be the, that final, that final five minutes that people are going to put the most stock into. And I think both matches greatly benefited from like strong, strong finishes to the matches. So following the men's Royal rumble, it's nine 30 at this point. I was like, wow, we're, we're going late tonight. So now it is time for the mountain dew pitch black match. Yep. Were you excited? I was curious to see what it would look like. I don't know if you call that excitement. You know, are you I like, do you get excited about, um, I don't know, like uh, seeing the weather report and knowing that like 10 feet of snow are coming down, is coming down and <laughs> I don't know. I, I tell you what would, uh, would not be exciting if I was LA Knight, if I had like opened up the demon that is uh, Bray Wyatt's mind and the man, hey man, we're going to settle this with some laser tag. <laughs> or cosmic bowling. Dude, so... This match, uh, we've got the giant Mountain Dew logo uh, in the center of the ring. The and, lights and, and that's go- pretty different. You know, for, I mean, we, we've always known Vince was adamantly against selling canvas space. This was always, that. you know, he had his, his limits. And l- let me preface by saying, like, I think this is a match that people are largely going to pan. Maybe some won't. Financially, I'm sure this was an exceptionally lucrative match for WWE, much like that zombie lumberjack match was, much like I'm sure Zelina Vega being sponsored by Street Fighter was. And I think we're always going to continue to see more of these types of integrations in the programming where it makes sense. But I am sure uh, Mountain Dew paid a gigantic amount for this kind of commercial, which is all I can call it, like a commercial is what it essentially was. Mm -hmm. So. Knights, uh, tights, and such uh, glow in the dark here. We've got like fluorescent tights, and then uh, Bray Wyatt had like this this glowing glow in the dark paint that you know Jeff Hardy kind of popularized two decades ago. Sure, yeah, I, I think we got to focus on this aspect a bit more because I mean, let's think about it from their perspective. Okay, you have Bray Wyatt and you have LA Knight, and um, all of a sudden corporate comes in and says, "Guys, we we got to sell something for Mountain Dew." <laughs> And, and you're the match we've chosen. <laughs> and, and yeah, you're the creative mind. You know, get, come up with Sorry, we, we thought your name was L.A. Lights. And we... Uh... Oh, very nice. But, you know, like, given those sort of, like, circumstances, I mean, I think the presentation deserves to be, um, to me, praised. Because I thought it was incredibly cool to see Bray Wyatt coming out looking like his, he normally does. And then the lights turn, you know, the black lights turn on. And all of a sudden, you created, like, a real-life transformation, from one thing to another with the flick of a switch, um, you know, like all the paint showed up only when the lights came on. And I, I thought this transformation, at least, you know, this aspect of the match came out across really well. Well, then uh, the, the laser tag began. And uh, what what I was like, the audience was like, I'm not going to say they were like not into this. I didn't think they were all that that hot for it. it was I sort question of just- how, how much they could actually see. I did too. I didn't know how much like they could even see. And when Bray Wyatt took that Mick Foley 
Irish whip knees first into the steps. I was like, dude, th- this is not the match to be just destroying your knees over. Like, this is the one where you can just get away with the least amount of damage possible. I mean, it's his first match back, though, in such a long time. You know, he's he's been back. No one's remembering wrestling. the match portion here. They're remembering the stunt at the end and stuff glowing in the dark. Like, this I, is I, hardly a match to me. Well, I, I will certainly say, yeah, like, the, the blacklight... Unfortunately, even to me watching on camera, I think made it hard to really focus on the spots themselves. And I can only imagine if you're sitting in the top, you know, deck of that stadium, how much of the actual physical action you were able how, to see. How did L.A. Knight's character know to wear glow in the dark tights? I don't like, know. He was were... asking what this match was last night. How did think... he know? Well, he just wears like neon green tights. That's made, that just might be one of these colors. He just it, th- these are his normal tights. They always glow in the dark. Well, it's not glow in the dark. It's a black light, John. You know, you've been to the dance cave. You know, you know how this works. Like you certain my, colors... my clothes never looked like this. Well, so, uh, then you 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 must not have that. Why much didn't Bray? Neon green. Uh, why didn't Bray get the uh, the wardrobe uh, tip? Not his thing. Uh, he doesn't look that great in neon green. I'm assuming, but you know, like black lights like illuminate certain colors. And <laughs> I mean. So, looking- so let me ask you, when they, when they destroyed the desk and Knight puts him through, was that the Mountain Dew drink that was going all over? No. Or was okay. that just – what was it? So, uh, so people who saw the match know that, knows that like, you know, when Bray was setting up the table spot from the announce desk, he was clearing I, I thought the it table. was a chemical spill. He was clearing the table as he usually does. And then all of a sudden, like, these, these little cups of, like, neon green confetti start, like, flying elsewhere. And I'm trying to study this, what the, like, seeing, seeing how these little pal- pallets are dropping. <laughs> I thought it was the drink. I thought I'm it was wondering the if they're Dew. drinks, too. And I'm like, what, what, are, what is cold drink? I was like, I, I would never drink this stuff in my life. Yeah, what, like, what, are he and Graves drinking plutonium or something? <laughs> like, so it turns out that this was supposed to be, you know, little pa- pallets, like, of, like, neon plastic confetti okay. that were supposed to explode upon impact from the table spot oh. but but somebody screwed up and placed a couple a couple of cups there it just kind of ruined the spot a little bit i mean it looked visually impressive but you know um kind of ruined the immersion i suppose a little too soon so knight misses with a kendo stick and he's pinned after sister abigail in 505 Bray has a new mask on, and Knight tries to fight him off with a kendo stick, and Bray just stalks him. The kendo stick shots have no effect. He applies the mandible claw uh, by this uh, uh, riser uh, that they go near the entrance when Uncle Howdy appears, or as Pat identified, what is that? And Uncle Howdy proceeds to jump off of this uh, balcony, and fire went off. Um, so Uncle Howdy's dead. We'll never see him again. I don't know if he's dead. Like we don't. He might already be dead, John. So you know this. This might have been just a lateral move for Uncle Howdy. Um, I, I don't think he sacrificed himself this way. Yeah. I'm not too bent out of shape. This was five minutes, and it was. I think everyone had a bit of an idea, like going into this. Uh, wasn't my thing, but not enough of the show that it was a, a major detriment to me either. I feel like your enjoyment of this is going to largely depend on um, how receptive you are to this Bray Wyatt character and all this kind of spooky stuff. And I'm somebody who, um, you know, in the past has uh, had a very high limit for my embracing of it, and. I think even I have my limits because I, I just I, didn't think the concept was all that cool. Like the glow in the dark stuff. I just I don't know that that to me is it did not blow me away. And that was sort of what this is going to be judged on more than a wrestling match. And it was. Yeah. It, I, I don't know. It just, it, it, to me, it wasn't interesting in the grand scope scope of like Bray Wyatt experimental matches. I, I would say this fared better than the fire, the House of Horrors match. Um, and 
you know, it, it, somewhere maybe underneath. What, what's your favorite experimental Bray Wyatt match? Do you have one, John? Um, what was the one they tried after um, the the Broken Hardy, um, the final deletion? Final they deletion? tried one with the New Day on the uh, the on the Wyatt uh, campsite. That was pretty awful. Okay. Um, I, I no, I don't have uh, one. Right. I I don't well, think I've enjoyed any. This was far from the worst, in my opinion. You know, I, I thought I thought it had some impressive visuals. I thought it did, it did a good job again creating that live action transformation for this character. Did you um, want a Mountain Dew pitch black after this match? That's the oh question. God, That's no. literally the question that Mountain Dew would be asking. I wanted the neon green plutonium that Michael Cole was, was drinking there. I would never try this stuff. Never. Yeah. Um, Ultimately, you judge a match's success by the crowd response, by the internet res- response. I haven't really been online too much, but at least listening to it, it was kind of quiet, you know, in arena. Um, and I think much of it due to the lack of visibility, maybe people asking what is going on, what exactly is this. Um, you can certainly play with a lot of effects in doing these sort of matches, but I think we've, we should have learned from the feed matches, from the Sin Cara matches, you should not fuck around with people's ability to see. And that, to me, at least, you know, was might have been the biggest hindrance. I mean, among other things. So, well, during the concert, I was wishing they would screw around with my ability to hear. That should have been a pitch black performance. Yeah. Bianca Belair against Alexa Bliss for the Raw Women's Title. This is when Pat is informed that Alexa is now a psychopath. Um, so Bliss had the heat, and then. Belair ends up uh, in a bow and arrow where Alexa is pulling on the braid and then rotates Bliss off of her back into a vertical suplex, goes for the handspring moonsault, lands on the knees, then stops a tilt-a-whirl, hits the handspring moonsault, and then Bliss avoids a KOD, hits a DDT for her one near fall, and then Bliss puts out her hand like she's going to deliver a claw. Belair stops it, as does uh, she blocks a Sister Abigail attempt to hit the KOD, and wins clean in 7.33. A game Alexa Bliss, as Michael Cole puts it. This match did not need to be on this show. Well, the, you have no other women's match, John. You, know, you have a Royal the, Rumble. Other than the Rumble. And I, I think you needed it for that reason. You know, because I think you would have had plenty of people complain. In terms of story, this was absolutely a skippable match. You know, um, we got no real form of resolution whatsoever. Um, it's it's just kind of another tease of like, has Alexa been embraced by Uncle Howdy? Same sort of like thing we've learned for previous weeks at uh, on Raw. Um, I thought the, the match itself was a good standard wrestling match, but you had no reaction because you built this match with p- people expecting the Uncle Howdy spooky stuff coming off of it, and that never happened happened um this I was think, just a normal raw match and not not an especially great one either it made the, the the match unfortunately feel insignificant and i thought these two worked hard but you know it it, it 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 was always going to be secondary to the story and they didn't deliver much story and then we get this playground scene appearing and shots of alexa when she was under the spell of bray and uncle howdy asking if she feels in charge so may, maybe this is a Maybe the the meta interpretation of this angle is Alexa Bliss is playing Paul Levesque and constantly being asked, do you feel in charge of this company? Interesting. So Uncle Howdy is Vince? Yes. That would be quite the reveal. We had an Applebee's commercial with Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch. Terror- and then- it's It's pretty bad. <laughs> Like what you, you t- don't you don't have this kind of dialogue with your wife when you go out for dinner? <laughs> it's the type of commercial that we're like i 
you can clearly tell Becky Lynch wanted nothing to do with it. Like and Seth it, was all in. He loved it. I, I mean, as the character, it just kind of, <laughs> you know, he can get by. But like, man, like this, like, this was bad. What, what I loved was the Elimination Chamber ad where the theme is like it's taking place in the Arctic because <laughs> we're going to Canada in the winter. <laughs> it's just ice and frozen lettering. Uh, it's February, Montreal. It, it, it is pretty damn off. cold. It yeah. is. It is pretty cold. No one, no one, uh, uh, no one, no one volunteers to go to Montreal uh, at this time of the year, but a yeah. lot are. Then it is the Women's Royal Rumble, and Rhea Ripley is out first, and she's holding her ribs after the spear, and Liv Morgan is number two, as they explain she wanted to be number one, so she got number two. Well, I mean, still luck of the draw, of course, and um, close enough. What did you think about mirroring the the men's Rumble as well, with with, with Gunther kind of going right right to the end, and then doing Hmm. it here as well? I didn't. I, I didn't mind it, you know. Um, I, I think you want people talking about certain people coming out of these rumbles. And um, Rhea didn't need the spot. You know, you can argue Gunther if you're going to pick one. Gunther needed it more. Rhea didn't nece- necessarily need it, but it certainly didn't hurt. And and I don't think it takes away from either, you know, the fact that both of them did it. No, it was just interesting as well because to me it, it did – somewhat subdue like the angle with, with Beth that she goes in compromised and then she does this incredible feat going from number one to win the entire thing. Um, a little, I mean, she was still annoyed, you know, she's, she's still like out there hurting, you know? So, okay. Well, she, she could still get revenge she, for that way. She held up for over an hour. I guess where was Beth, you know, at the end of all this, like did, did, did she just decide to leave? You know, she got her, spot. She, she should have bought a ticket. She could have got into the rumble. Yeah, yeah. Dana Brooke is third. She has apparently been in every one of these women's uh, Royal Rumbles and is never going to win one. Emma was fourth. They said this is a big deal because she was released just weeks before the last Rumble or the first women's Rumble. So now she's in one. Shayna Baszler is in fifth. Uh, Somewhere in here, Ripley got a bloody nose and engraves rants about people stopping others from eliminating people. Why would you do that? Which is a great point. Sixth was Bailey. Followed by B-Fab. And then our first surprise was Roxanne Perez, your NXT women's champion who comes in and they plug Vengeance Day. And and from Texas as well. Uh, Dakota Kai was ninth. And then tenth was EO Sky. And this led to damage control ganging up and making a bunch of eliminations together, uh, including Emma. And then uh, using this battering ram to eliminate Roxanne Perez. But they went out of their way to put Roxanne Perez over for the time that she was in there. She looked great, I thought. And she got a good reaction, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, I, I do wonder how, how like, it, see, it sounded like the Texas, the stadium crowd, uh, responded well to her. And at least a good chunk of the people recognized that she was a home state person. Um, and she came in and looked really impressive. You know, very cool, good-looking head scissors. I, I would have said, like, the first 10, even, like, entrance didn't really make that big of an impression on me. But she did. So I, I, I would say this was a pretty successful debut for her. Oh, I, I'd say, like, yeah, the first portion of this was very subdued. And Roxanne Perez, she got a good reaction she looked good and i i don't think she'll be long for nxt i think mm-hmm. like she could make that transition uh, quicker than most yep natalia made her return 11th coming out with the old jim neidhart style uh, hat as well a and nice, uh, brett glasses so and brett glasses as well so both of them this is her return and going after shana immediately uh candace larray was 12th and this saw uh 
Shayna stop Natalia and apply a Kirifuda clutch on the edge and damage control eliminate both Natalia and Shayna Baszler. Zoe Stark was in 13th uh, from NXT and they were like, Corey, uh, tell us about Zoe Stark. She is second to none. She is a tough customer from NXT. And you've got Cole, who it was like broken telephone throughout the NXT portion where did she win a battle royal on NXT a while ago? I believe so. <laughs> it's just like uh, it, there would there would be even more when Indy Hartwell came in. That was my favorite. Uh, Zia Lee was in 14th. The referee stopped her from bringing her staff into the ring that she was just going to like the stick, not like staff infection. And damage control eliminates Candice. Fifteenth is Becky Lynch, which it was like this audience was like, okay, beyond Rhea, finally we have someone that we can buy winning this. I don't think even Bailey people believed was a contender here, and that is what I thought this this women's battle royal did suffer from was just such a lack of believable winners to this. Mm-hmm. And Becky, I think you sensed that when she was eliminated, like she was the only alternate people saw beyond Ripley. Yeah, I would say so, pretty much. Um, you know, they did get into, like, the end, but I don't think anybody realistically bought any of the other people. Maybe, they tried to build Asuka. up Raquel a bit. Yeah, maybe Asuka, but yeah. No, it, it, this this entire 30-woman rumble was, to me, a real sign of just the lack of depth in, in the divisions. 16th was Tegan Knox, which led to Corey Graves asking, what does it mean to have the shiniest wizard? And they're like, well, she's got the best shining wizard. Well, I think Mr. Mudo would disagree with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, would he? Um, probably. Yeah, I, I, th- I think so. Then number 17, it's Asuka. And dude, she came out. First of all, like she came out to different music and mm-hmm. the place went insane. Yeah. They were so loud when she came out. And she's got this mask over top, and then she takes it off, revealing the shorter hair and pretty much like a throwback to the Kana version of Asuka. And the the murder clown um, sort of a great Buddha style gimmick that that she had. And this was uh, I thought she was one of the best parts of this rumble. She got a mm-hmm. tremendous reaction. She was great in the ring. Um, she got in. She just starts unloading on Bailey and ends up going right till the end. She was part of the final three. But I thought this and she's been off for quite a while. So this was also the, the return pop. She, you know, uh, is is, a, is one of a handful of people that I think people can recognize as a top tier person. I mean, I thought she was a late entrant and somebody that you could maybe justifi- justifiably buy of actually having a chance of winning this thing. And her coming out with this brand, well, throwback look um, that is new to a WWE audience. Everybody immediately gravitated towards it. Um, it helped that you had the active wrestlers in the ring completely sell for it. Like, like they, they all were, were in fear and really put over the, the like this is a different character. I thought this yeah. was a great transformation of Asuka. It looked really cool in, and uh, we could see it. Um, you can sell the, masks uh, of this as well for, for, for people. Like there's a lot that you can uh, do with this character. It just feels like a refresh for Asuka. Yes. Number 18, speaking of refresh, it's the return of Piper Niven. Dewdrop is gone. No, it's her debut, John. You know, I right. no mention of Dewdrop whatsoever. In this. No, other than Pat saying, I do, I do drop them all over the ring. Huh. 19 is Tamina, who is, uh, she is back, and her and Niven had a face-off. Uh, Becky returns to fight damage control after being uh, dropped on the desk. 20th is the returning Chelsea Green. And Fightful had reported that uh, 
an idea that's been thrown around is her doing this this Karen character. And just based on her mannerisms coming to the ring, that certainly seems to be the direction she is going. Yeah, and also, of course, her quick elimination, which will give her something to complain about. Exactly. She yeah. was in and out in seconds, so she had the, the tantrum, and now she has something to uh, scream and complain about. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it's. Did, am- did someone in the company just realize what a Karen is after the promo a few weeks ago with Bailey and Becky, and they're up to <laughs> like I don't know 2016 uh, social stereotypes? It, it could be, you know, uh, maybe maybe it's making a comeback. I don't know, but um, it, it's it's a very mid card sort of co- comedy character. Um, but you know, we'll see. We'll see how well it does. Becky then eliminates Kai and Sky, but Bailey dumps out Becky, and this crowd was so sad to see Becky go. And then Liv eliminates Bailey, so a bunch of eliminations in succession. Twenty one is Zelina. Uh, I'm sorry, Jewelry from Street Fighter Six was our entrant. That's who Zelina Vega was playing. As we, uh, she will be the guest commentator on the game, like like a game competition or, or some sort of I festival. Don't I don't I don't think she's actually in the game. At least you know who also knew nothing about this game was uh, Michael Cole, Corey Graves, and Pat McAfee. Who <laughs> at least Corey Graves mentioned a why can't we get a Blanca character that electrocutes everyone, dude? Michael Cole, uh, he, <laughs> he blanked on Blanca. He didn't know what. What are you talking about? What's Blanca? <laughs> might have been a bit, a bit before his time. Maybe maybe Donkey Kong might have been a closer reference. Um, you know, uh, Zelina and, and Zia Lee had a fight on the apron, and I I'm assuming this was intentional. It almost <laughs> where, where like- she flew. She gave uh, Zia Lee the ability to have wings and fly to her demise on the floor. I mean, it, it looked like they were trying to replicate a. Uh, 2D side scroller, you know, which is what Street Fighter is, and I, I thought it was kind of clever. I mean, in execution, I, I don't know. It was uh, fine. Yeah. Raquel Rodriguez is out 22nd in her Eddie Guerrero inspired gear. Meechin is 23rd. Lacey Evans, and then 25, Michelle McCool, who had been showing in the crowd earlier with her kids, just casually gets up from her seat and she takes part in the match in her Uggs. And her uh, her pants full of uh, crosses, yeah, like track pants, you know. Yeah, just just everyday casual pants, uh, expressing your love for Christ. I could buy her wearing this. What, 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 I, I'm not saying not. It was quite I, the this combo felt here. like a very like you know deliberate, normal everyday thing somebody would wear. Well, she hit a faith breaker to Zelina Vega and then eliminates Tamina. Twenty six is Indy Hartwell. So Cole asks, wasn't she an NXT tag champion? Corey, I believe so. Cole says, we need to get Booker out here to explain who these NXT stars are. And then he thinks for a minute. Do you think Booker T knows who Indy Hartwell is? Of course, Booker who calls NXT every week. Then Corey Graves tries to explain who the way was and just ends it with, it was really weird. And then he's just so lost. He goes to call Raquel Gonzalez and then catches himself that she's now Rodriguez. Not a whole lot of um, broadcasters keeping up with NXT and WWE was my takeaway. It's a lot of hours for people to keep up with. And um, you know, Pat was trying to keep up with Raw and SmackDown. He wasn't even getting involved in these NXT discussions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you know, it's, it's so people need Tuesdays off. I, I don't really blame them. It's a lot. 27th is Sonya Deville, who they note already has a title match on Friday, but this will be uh, – she can double up on title matches. 
Shotzi comes back 28. She has the tank and Cole criticizes her not riding the tank all the way to the ring. She blew her energy getting out of the tank. It's a pretty slow tank. This and was a long ramp. It's a well. very like, long ramp. That's, yeah. that's half the reason this show was so long was these entrances. Probably, maybe, yes. Like, like they had to do this big run and then you had to turn into another big one. Like there was a big turn mm-hmm. in the middle. Nikki Cross is 29th and then number 30, Nia Jax. <laughs> uh, did we miss Lacey? Oh, wait, you already called Lacey. Lacey? I, yeah, I oh, didn't okay, have okay. much that about Lacey. She no, was okay. in. Um, Nia Jax, that's right, making her return here. She yells, I'm back, bitch. And they all ganged up on her. Dude, Jax and uh, Ripley tried to slam Jax and could not. Then, like, the weakest riptide onto Nia Jax, and then everyone ganged up and eliminated Nia. Um, mm-hmm. It's back, it seems. It, it, I mean, you know, somebody like her, I. I don't necessarily see her as like a Michelle McCool one night only thing. I mean, I I get the sense this is more of a you know return full on. So, um, not exactly looking forward to like you know seeing her come back in a permanent role with with those matches. But I think for a Rumble slot, um, it got a good reaction. You, you know, know what? Everybody? I bet I bet when that WES booking fell apart last summer, she got the itch <laughs> to <Yeah>. come back. <laughs> She's not gonna go out like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's just go through the ending here. Um, Raquel and Asuka, at one point, they were just on totally different pages for a Tahana bomb. Uh, there, there were a few like miscommunications uh, in this throughout. Um, the ring was just filling up with people, so we had to start eliminating some people. Asuka eliminated DeVille. Ripley sent out McCool. Niven eliminated Meechin and Ch- Shotzi. I know Wei was pulling for Meechin. Um, that was your, your dark horse pick to win the whole thing. Oh, my, Me- Me- Meechin and my Dana Brooke. Runner. Yeah. yeah. Rodriguez then boots out Tahana, uh, boots out Niven, and then Raquel goes for a Tahana bomb on Ripley. They land on the apron. Ripley eliminates Rodriguez, so it is down to Ripley, Liv, Oscar, and Nikki Cross. Liv sends out Nikki Cross, and then we get the final three. And I thought this was the the best of the whole match. Was these three at the end? They're all fighting on the edge. Oscar sprays the blue mist. Ripley ducks, and it hits Liv in the face, and it allows Ripley to nail Oscar, eliminating her. And then Liv tries to send Ripley out, who is holding onto the top rope. Her legs are dangling, and then she dead. She pulls herself up and head scissors Liv, who took a hell of a bump to the floor for an awesome ending elimination. And Ripley uh, runs the table. 61 minutes and 8 seconds and then started off a brand new trend. She waved at the WrestleMania sign. Oh, you waved. Okay. She, she waved. Well, yeah, I'm sure the sign Look is... Look at like- here. Tom- Tomohiro uh, Ishii uh, biting the rope. Yes, that's right, yeah. I mean, it's root to point, you know, so um, I'm sure the sign appreciates a nice wave once in a while. Really good final three. To me, the rest of the rumble was largely formulaic and pretty forgettable you know? i thought it was a pretty underwhelming rumble until the end it was just names showing up yeah. it was not a whole lot of interesting stories going on or interactions it was it, it was to me like a lot of women that they have signed but have not done a whole lot with and this mm-hmm. kind of match exposes that and you yeah. know it was when, when roxanne perez is one of your big standouts it's like that you know it was like a tegan knox has been on the roster for months and it, it you know not to just pick on tegan there were plenty of them that are just not um not regularly featured and then you see them in this and like really you had maybe three to four people at best that you could uh have any believability and that's probably high 
I think it points to maybe, you know, one of the bigger disappointments of the Paul Levesque era, something that I would have really expected to change just given his track record in NXT. And that's the lack of, you know, a real development of the women's division. One after another, you, you have these names come in and th- none of them feel special. Look at a Mi Chin, you know, Mia Yim. Uh, coming here look at look at a Shotzi look at a Zia Lee you know there's so many women on these rosters that like will make and there's only more like now you've got Chelsea Green you've got Nia Jax like you're gonna have Nikki Cross like they 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 kind of like jumpstart little bits of intrigue with them in uh, on these programs and then they're completely dropped whatsoever even Liv Liv Morgan you know they've been teasing the only story going into this women's rumble has been Liv Morgan teasing that she wants to be number one and we haven't seen her in like three weeks you know, continue that story. So by the time you finally got to the match, it's one after another of like completely uninteresting and uh, competitors that you just can't buy winning. Um, the per- person who's developed the, the most, you know, under Levesque and the women's division has been Rhea Ripley and she stayed completely out of the women's division. So what does that tell you? Um, I think it's a real, you know, wake up call. Uh, it should be for just how little they put into the women's division as of late. So after that, we get uh, we had a Netflix ad for the uh, the Lucha series that is streaming, and then we see the ropes coming down, and oh, we forgot about this. Hardy performs sold out, which um, I ju- I just saw this thing completely panned by everyone. It was number one late in the show, number two an awful song, number three a pretty terrible performance. And I just don't think anyone was tuning in for this, but they had a contractual agreement. So we had Hardy uh, play his uh, his song about being a, a redneck that drinks beer and shoots animals and all that all that stuff. I think you know music performances at wrestling shows are going to be polarizing no matter what because um, we're all united by our love of professional wrestling and not music. I have different tastes in music from you, John. And, uh, you know, we have different tastes in music, certainly from pretty much every single person. Um, I mean, if it was Aqua playing on this, then, you know, I'd need no, all. No, I wouldn't. I, I, I don't really need these, like, anyone. No, they honestly. put a stop to the action, and uh, especially this late into the show. We're talking 11.30 p.m., three and a half hours into this show. They decide to give this to us. Now, it, I, I was not that upset, John, because it, this gave me uh, an excuse to heat up my dinner, pick up the laundry from the dryer, uh, eat my dinner, clean my plate. So I got a whole lot done that I don't. I won't have to do a little bit later on after we're done here. So, um, but it, it was not worth sitting down in for my entertainment, at least. Well, th- th- this gave me uh, ten minutes to uh, to contemplate uh, having to wake up in about five hours uh, from from now. Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. It is promoted as the final chapter and Zayn's final test. So, uh, man, from the end of that women's rumble to the start of this match, I think that we could have had, uh, I don't know, I probably could have come over to your house way. Uh, yeah. We had like a, It was a long gap here. So Reigns comes out. Uh, to his entrance, the match begins, and we, immediately we're getting chance of Sammy Uso. And early on, Reigns does a urinagi that Cole calls a rock bottom, you could say. And Cole is bringing up the look on Sammy Zayn's face whenever Owens kicks out. 
And the others are like, you're just into conspiracy theories. You're just reading into things. Uh, but everyone's like paying attention to Sami Zayn at this point. Um, the two, they, they, they were having a, a very nice match here. But, you know, it was pretty much just back and forth at the beginning. And the audience was kind of subdued because I think they all knew this is going long. And this is all about Sami Zayn. Uh, so the beginning part, it, it did start off to me a little like muted. Mm. Um, but from there, they built up and got towards some of the big uh, near falls, and the audience just grew and grew uh, in terms of their reception to this. Um, at one point, Reigns misses a spear running into the post into the corner, and Owens hits a swanton, and then he goes to the top, and he goes for his uh, like twisting moonsault that he's done so many times, and he loses his footing on the top rope and just crashes and uh, thankfully, it was okay. This was like a rough fall and just got up and then did a moonsault off the second turnbuckle as it was going to set up a spear for a two count by Reigns. But they keep going. The stunner gets blocked and Owens is run into the referee, but then hits the pop-up powerbomb and he's got the visual, but no referee to count three. So Reigns is able to hit a low blow and dude, Sami Zayn is just awesome here. You're just watching all of his facial reactions and what it means and what he is thinking. And is he, is he, a, is he backing Reigns? Is he secretly hoping for Owens to pull this out? Like Sammy was just tremendous here and Reigns calls for a chair and Sammy says, I was told to do nothing. And he demands the chair. So Zayn hesitates and then finally slides it to Roman Reigns. And Owens is able to get up, hit a stunner, and it's a big near fall. And, dude, this crowd was at a point where they they believe maybe Owens can win this match, which is mission accomplished. Because the Sammy interaction had already taken place. Yeah. And when Reigns kicks out of this, dude, Zayn is almost hyperventilating as he's like con- composing himself and Heyman is shooting him this look. And from there, there's a pop up by Owens and Reigns hits him with a Superman punch in midair, hits the spear, another kick out. And Zayn is telling Owens, just stay down. And with that, Reigns runs at them. Zayn is out of the way and Reigns spears Owens through the barricade. And does that spot that we saw on Raw a number of months ago where he drills Owens back onto the stairs and he does this twice. And I have to imagine that time we both were just uh, grotesque at this spot on Raw. And I have to imagine someone said, dude, if you're going to do that, save that spot for something way more important than a throwaway match on Raw. So he takes the back spot onto the stairs and he's put into the ring and Owens is trying to fight back and one final spear keeps him down in 19 minutes and 14 seconds with Zayn looking conflicted on the floor. Um, I-, I thought this turned into a really uh, entertaining match based off of the near falls that you really got this crowd to a fever pitch. Um, I-, I think they've had better matches together, but this was still very dramatic in the end that you got people to that final I would say five to ten minutes. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like, you know, a match that um, certainly fit maybe the um, it was a bit faster, I would say, than maybe like the Roman Reigns main event that we've seen. Um, and it was entertaining. But I think we were all distracted by the angle that was to come. Um, and um, ultimately, the match, you know, the match is going to be forgotten. The angle yeah. will be what is remembered after this. Mm hmm. 
Yeah, so, so it was satisfying, and I think certainly helped. Um, it was it was a very good match. Set the scene for the end, but um, I I would say it was it was not the story of this segment. No, I think everyone was looking at you know Sami Zayn and what was to come, and they were going to deliver. So the bloodline all come out. They're in the ring, and Jay goes to put a lay onto Sami Zayn when Rain stops him. And the Usos then continue to stomp on Owens, and they barely get this guy all the way up for a 1D, and they put the chair around his neck. And Cole brings up how Riddle has been out for months since this, as Solo hits the hip attack into the chair around Owens' neck. Then they get handcuffs, and they handcuff Owens uh, uh, up against the, the top rope. And they just super kick him over and over and over again as Sammy is watching his best friend just get destroyed in front of him. There's more chance of Sammy. And Reigns has the chair and he's going to end it all when Sammy stands in front of Owens and everyone cheers on Sammy that he's finally standing up for Kevin Owens. And Sammy's trying to talk Reigns out of it, stating he's done. You're beneath this. So Reigns thinks about it. And then he hands the weapon to Sami Zayn. He's going to carry out the hit. You are going to do it. And Zayn is so conflicted. He doesn't know what to do. In the back, you've got Heyman yelling, Shmuley, this is your moment. And Reigns pleads to him, Owens doesn't care about you. He's an anchor. And then, and that Reigns loves Sami. You were doing jackass shit before me. And then says, Pull the trigger. And then he, he sees weakness. He goes to Paul. He's crying. He's crying. And he starts pie-facing Sammy. He screams in his face. And then he turns around. And Sammy Zayn winds up. And he nails Roman in the back. Dude, this place explodes. It was the most feel-good pop that they... It was like all this work. And they got this giant reaction for what it was all built towards it was tremendous it was a tremendous release absolutely and from there jimmy just looks at jay and says is this your brother no i'm your brother and super kicks sammy and jimmy and solo end up beating the hell out of sammy Zayn. the samoan spike is hit but we see Jay, who is just standing there, and he is not taking part in this beatdown of Sami Zayn. And Jay finally makes a move, and he leaves the ring. He is in tears as Roman is just stunned at this. And he attacks Sami with the chair, yelling that you broke my family, and just hits him with shot after shot. He's nailing him with punches, and he rips off the honorary ooze shirt, and the whole place is chanting, fuck you, Roman. Tons of heat for this angle, and the visual at the end, he's just pulling out from the lay, and we've got like these rose petals over top of them as... Owens is handcuffed to the rope. Sammy is dead in the middle. And this is the image to end the show with. Just, this was beautiful. It was a phenomenal angle. It got everything you could have wanted out of this. And, like, it felt like, wow, we're cruising for, like, the biggest WrestleMania of, like, homegrown talent of regular roster members possible with this incredible, incredible angle. Um, But you've... Also got to get to Roman and Cody in this whole thing as well. So how they navigate all this will be interesting. But from a just physical standpoint, 
like Kevin Owens wrestling in three weeks on this pay-per-view seems kind of like like he almost shouldn't be on this pay-per-view in Montreal, given the beatdown that this 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 was. Perhaps, um, but he can go into the match injured. You know, well, uh, he'll definitely have to do that. But uh, th- I I thought this was one of the great angles in WWE history. I just thought they everyone nailed it, and this is what this show is going to be remembered for. And I think what most will grade this show based upon is this angle. Mm. I watch a lot of wrestling, John, and I have seen a lot of wrestling. I am 38 years old. I'm now a father. I don't really cry for anything these days, especially professional wrestling that is scripted and not based in, you know, a real-life tragedy, for instance. I fucking cried after this angle, during this angle, especially, like, it wasn't so much the moment when, like, Sami Zayn turned on Roman Reigns. That was great, but it was the camera cutting back to the Usos reaction and the reaction of both Usos was not immediately anger like you would normally see, you know, one of the whenever one of these swerves happen. It was heartbreak. They were both crying. They were both disappointed. They believed in this guy. They put their back. It was like six months ago. Jay wanted this. Jay wanted this guy destroyed and away as far as possible and here sammy won him over they fully embraced this guy and they loved him as a brother and this was akin to your brother turning on your family and choosing somebody else but your family i it was so emotionally gripping i knew i loved this angle i knew i loved the storyline i didn't know that they could take me you know this jaded professional wrestling podcaster to this level of emotion that i honestly i don't know if i even really felt as a child um it's been it was scripted perfectly it was built perfectly i mean we've seen you know paul Heyman design many uh handcuffed um crucifix type of uh angle and I, you know i wasn't there for a lot of the ecw ones but i i i, I have to imagine this was among maybe the most successful if he didn't indeed have a hand in it, which I'm assuming um, he and, you know, plenty of other people who have been uh, leading the way with this entire angle. have. I, I would imagine it. Paul leaning on like the, the, the religious uh, backdrop, the visual of Owens was probably like uh, a, a touch in there to, sure. to think about. But, you know, it, it's that it's Roman's look of disappointment and sadness and the incredible performance Roman Reigns gave in just like continuing to heat Sami Zayn up before you finally wanted to see this guy pull it off. And I, I mean, they had me going. I didn't know if he was going to turn, you know, tonight. It could, they could have delayed this uh, for another month or so and, and whatever. But Sami Zayn did it tonight um, and the results were unforgettable. Like, this was truly masterful professional wrestling storytelling, um, the likes of which I haven't seen in a very, very long time. I, I, I can't say enough great things about this. Yeah, it, it was riveting, and it really does um, bring up the question of, like, where where you go, because the next show is, in th- like, Montreal is in three weeks, and I don't think you can get to, like... Um, and I don't think people were necessarily expecting, like, the Usos match there, Um but also, like, the question of, like, what you do here. Like, do you do Roman and Sammy in Montreal? I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, part of me feels like, you know, like, I'm, I would almost be disappointed because where do you go after that? You know? There has to be an ultimate dis- destination here. I, I feel Roman that Reigns. ultimately it is, you know, you could have, um, you know, it's, it's like Roman and 
Sammy in look Montreal. Look at this image. Look at just look at this still. It image. was tremendous. This, this was is tremendous. out of a comic book. You know, and professional wrestlers who are not trained actors were able to pull this off to create this beautiful image. It's it, it's a comic book splash page. Look at this. Anyway, I, I, I would go I would go Roman and Sammy in Montreal, and that's where Jay he has to you know make his allegiance known. Like which it's it's almost like this. He is now in the Sammy Zayn role, and if it's with Roman. It's like the beat down at the end, and that's Kevin Owens' return at the end. Montreal gets Owens showing up at the end to save Sammy, and the final scene at Elimination Chamber is Sammy and Owens hugging in the middle, and they are going for the you, the Usos tag titles because they tried to destroy us, um, and now we are closer than ever. That that would be a, a lovely way to to close off that particular show. I mean. Right now, the possibilities, I think, are an embarrassment of riches. And that includes attaching Cody. I mean, I feel Cody can make his way into the storyline in an organic fashion. Like, Roman keeps the title from Zayn with, like, whether it's Jay's help. But the big feel-good moment is Owens and Zayn reunited at the end of Elimination Chamber. Reigns goes off with Cody. And then Owens and Zayn are with the Usos for WrestleMania. And I think that is the best way to... To go with this, and mm-hmm. I think Reigns and Zayn is the direction for that. Should be the direction for for Montreal. Sure, I just you know you see you see a result like this, and um, I I think they have a lot more mileage than just WrestleMania. You know, in this Bloodline versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens story, I I think they can go to SummerSlam, possibly even beyond if they play their cards right. Like I know Sami Zayn has said what he said about you know like getting a token title win, perhaps, but not being the face of a company. But even for that token title win, if that's his ceiling, they could build that up to be huge later on. So I I wouldn't extinguish this. You know, in the next two months, I think there's way more life left in it beyond that. Overall, your. Uh, rank your rating of the show where where did you go on this show um well i to deduce it down to you know a, a number out of 10 like I, I i think the endings of the rumble matches came across very well they set all the pieces in place for mania really well the end of the Sami Zayn, um sorry kevin owens R- roman reigns match was among the best endings i've ever seen you know to close a pay-per-view so um all that considered i'm I'm gonna give the show like an eight out of ten because the heights took it that high but that's really just for the heights you know the rest of it was just kind of there especially a lot of the matches in the middle yeah i you know in a, in a perfect world this whole show could have been the two rumbles and the title match like those three matches, I would have been so satisfied with ju- with just that. Uh, I'll, I'll go seven out of ten, but a, ve- a very you know an incredible angle at the end, and I do feel the rumble matches, the way they ended, left people on, on a high note uh, as well. So if you are uh, one of our patrons, you are able to call in. You have the uh, the information to uh, join the Streamyard room, and we'll be taking your calls and uh, feedback from the thread before we sign off tonight. Yeah, and we can hear uh- your thoughts. Let's go to first of all to some of our super chats here from uh, the people watching us live at excuse me youtube.com slash post wrestling and if you wanted to get any of your thoughts in or if you just want to support the show consider sending us a super chat if you're enjoying these reviews we're live every uh, after every raw after every single dynamite and if you choose to become a member of postwrestlingcafe.com or video.postwrestling.com we are live after every edition of SmackDown and Rampage. Every single Friday. So let's first go here to a super chat from Cows Crazy, 
who sends five dollars. Thank you uh, for the support. Cow's crazy. He says Mania of Night One: Cody versus Roman for the Raw title. Night Two: Sammy versus Roman for the SmackDown title. Jay helps to make the story go full circle. What do you think of that suggestion, John? I just I don't like the two title defenses. I think it waters down the first one. I think it makes Cody feel as though it's almost a a layup that Roman is going to take on Sammy because I don't think people are clamoring for Cody and Sammy on night two. And I I just like one big, what is the WrestleMania main event? What is the big title match? And you promote that strong instead of uh, splintering the, the title matches. Yeah, ultimately. And and honestly, Sammy and Roman to me is a hell of a lot bigger in Montreal um, than even mania. Yeah. Yeah. They they could do it. Um, I I would just maybe worry that like, mm, can you still go further beyond that, you know, um, or do you save the first real Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn match for some time after after that? Uh, I don't know. They they have a lot. I think of after the angle, you've got to you've got to strike now. Um, like, what can you imagine Sami doing? Uh, like, he's in an elimination chamber match in in Montreal instead. Not necessarily. Could yeah. could be something else. Um, yeah, he could be in an elimination chamber because he wants to get his hands on Roman, so he's going to try to get. But like, what is the? Elim- I guess the elimination chamber would probably be for Roman's title, right? There shouldn't be an elimination chamber for the men's if like Cody is going for this undisputed title. I mean, there shouldn't be a men's. Unless there Roman, should be a women's unless, chamber match. Well, I mean, unless Roman is act- an active participant with the title. Roman defending, which, yeah. I don't hate that if you want Roman and Sami Zayn to have that interaction without actually promoting a Roman versus Sami match. You know, the idea is that Sami has to last long enough through the chamber to get to Roman for the end, perhaps. Um, that's that's one way of building it. But, I mean, we got to take the I, focus off of Sami and Roman and put it on Cody at some point. You know? Well, that's it. I, I, I would just do one-on-one in Montreal. That would be that would be my choice. Let's go up next to Muggin, who, says, uh, who sends $2. Thank you for the support, Muggin. He says, Zelina is doing guest commentary for Street Fighter Six. What does that mean? I mean, it's a video game. So, like, what's, he, what's she doing commentary for? I'm, I'm assuming a, a, a tournament online or something? It's, we said she's doing guest commentary. That's what they said on commentary. And, yes, that's... I don't know. I, yeah, okay. Well, uh, let us know, Muggin. Lionheart sends $2 to say, after Mania, Jay and Jimmy gets singles runs? Maybe. Opens up a lot of possibility for them, too. You know? Jay Uso, really, like, if there's a Best Supporting Act uh, actor nomination uh, for, for wrestling, I mean, he, he'd be the, the one. Like, he has been so damn good throughout this entire storyline. Um Fans would really get behind him if they decided to go, you know, on a singles route w- with him at this point. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Thank you for uh, all you guys for your super chats. And uh, we'll go now right now to some of our phone calls here from our uh, active patrons at postwrestlingcafe.com. Let's first go here to Chris from Baltimore. Welcome hey. to the show. Hey, guys. Uh, one thing about the men's rumble and then Bray Wyatt. Uh, the men's rumble, I don't know if it was like, a, like I like the in-ring, but the lead up to Cody, them telegraphing that he was in it. And then throughout the match, like, like people I was watching with, we thought maybe Sammy definitely probably Cody, but the outside shot of the rock or Austin. And then the longer the match went, the more it broke down to, this is definitely Cody. And like at the end of it, it kind of just killed the ending for me where you see him in the ring with Gunther and Gunther's great, but I know that Gunther's not, headline in WrestleMania, at least right now. But, and then on to Bray Wyatt, like 
It's with always the going to be the case. Sorry, just to just cut you off, just to comment on that. You know, um, it's all it, it's always going to be the case when there's somebody like. If it's not The Rock, like, was there somebody? Sorry, who who was the other person that you would have actually bought? Like, if if Sammy was in the if Sammy appeared in the Rumble, that would have raised some intrigue. Mm-hmm. But also, like, the amount of talk that like a lot of people had beforehand of maybe The Rock shows up or maybe Austin, but that ruined it for you. Like, even even like if Cody came out before thirty, that might mm-hmm. have like that might have raised more more questions. But like once you got to the end and like. Logan Paul comes out of 29, you know Cody's number 30. Sure. Um but, and it just that just kind of like the in like everything that happened in ring was great mm-hmm. and it set up a lot but like I like me personally I like at the end where like you have maybe at least one other person where you're like maybe this could happen. But you know, unfortunately in this instance who could that have been? Um Sami Zayn already had a role that was not at all conducive to, you know, putting the focus on Cody Rhodes. The the project of this rumble was Gunther and getting Gunther that spotlight. So coming out of it, you're thinking of Gunther, and I totally like would be in agreement. You know, like sometimes for wrestling fans that go online and look at the odds and really logically think about where this story could go. But I also think there's something to be said about just booking the show for people who aren't thinking that way people who are strictly just watching the show as if it's like a real life story without knowledge of sort of the behind the scenes and the rumor mills and whatnot um ultimately coming out of it who can you tell the bigger story with and that's putting gunther in this final two yeah um but my other thing about bray wyatt is that like more and more like no matter what character he plays and how much happens before the match like he could be you know, Bray Wyatt or Uncle Howdy or the Firefly Funhouse. It's like the bell rings and he just like moveset wise, like it's all the same. Like he just reminds like that's Mike Rotunda's son. He's not doing a lot. The matches don't like the match itself doesn't do anything. And you just have to keep building and building and building on like the smoke and mirrors before the match to try and carry the match itself. So it just seems like to become a letdown, like especially in the crowd, because I don't know, like, I don't know how that visually was for the crowd. Like, it didn't sound like it was doing a lot for them. Mm-hmm. So at the end, you, I just kind of feel let down by it. Very fair points. Thank you so much, Chris. Yeah. Um, you know, John, would you say, like, your expectations have changed at all about future Bray Wyatt matches coming off of this? Um, compared to maybe the his prior runs, no, no, they've been. Uh, I questioned like how you successfully navigate the, this character from from the get go, and I think that there was a lot of expectation of the the, the return of the character, and that was done as effectively as you're, as you're going to get. But we always knew this was going to be. Uh, a difficult process and it's it's proven to be and it's you're either a fan of this character or you're not and i think it's it's always been very difficult to um figure this in like i'm just it, it's it's not my cup of tea it doesn't mean like it isn't others though and that there is an element of the show that is going to be dedicated to this and obviously there will be with the uncle howie bray stuff i wonder like like without the mountain dew stuff like what are they going to do you know for for his wrestlemania match for instance with um this black like deals felt like it was a special occasion for tonight so when it comes to wrestlemania or just even a match on smackdown for instance will we have all these theatrics 
You know, he's will it be the red lighting that we're used to with the fiend, or will it just be a straight up match? At this point, I, I wonder if the audience just wants a straight up match. Let's go to us, uh, Hanzi. Hanzi, you're on the show. What do you think of the rumble? Um, yeah, no, I I thought the men's rumble was incredible, and I I, I knew Gunther wasn't gonna win, obviously, but. I think that's like the the, the be- second best spot other than winning is having the Iron Man spot because a lot of credible people have done well with the Iron Man spot. And I feel like uh, Gunther has earned the right to get a big-time match for Mania. As far as the women's um, Royal Rumble, I have your sentiments that I wasn't really as into it. And that's more of a, a detriment on how they book other women on the on, on the roster that are not as over. And you know, only the at least like Rhea makes sense because she's the only one that seems to be unscathed from a lot of the booking that has been gone on. Maybe because she's been with the Dominic and Judgment Day stuff. So I thought that was the right call. Now that the main event, which is why I called in, because uh, I was not ready for it i knew it was gonna happen and oh my god man i i was i was in tears almost uh i was i was i was, I was joyous because sammy turned on them before they turned on him but the beatdown was incredible um the thing is i i remember when i called back i called in after survivor series and said that yo could you guys see a scenario where this is gonna overtake the cody thing because they promoted the cody thing along in the long haul and now it's coming into fruition. And here's the thing, like, okay, if Sammy gets into the main event, okay, that's cool. Like, if we have to force, if it's another Daniel Bryan situation, we force it, whatever. But I don't understand that people think that the storyline has to completely end at Mania in the sense that people don't seem to think that the Jey Uso element has played a large part in it. So it, I know people are going to say, oh, it's a letdown if it's Sammy and KO versus the Usos. But if they put that in a high position and like they make that feel like a main event level that like, like that to me could like you guys said on the, on, on the raw recap that like that could possibly main event night one and what the called i think that was set a good precedent for your tag titles to have an important storyline attached to it what the call i i me personally i think symbolically if they can keep sammy hot for another year i know that's going to be tough whatever uh, what, what, what they do i think symbolically wrestlemania 40 would align better for me, me personally, because WrestleMania 10 was Brett, 20 was Benoit, 30 was Daniel Bryan. Sammy is another one that matches that uh, t- every 10 years. The underground worker that WWE didn't want to be the guy is the guy. But I don't think that the people think that the ending has to be like this year's WrestleMania with Sammy and Reigns, whatever, because I personally think that Jay Uso is going to be lingering for the next three weeks. And you're going to think that Jay Uso is a, is a going to be against Reigns. I think if they do Sammy and Reigns and, um, you know, Jay Uso shows up to help him, then I think that sets it up. And I, I just think the Jay Uso part of the other story, which is what everyone's kind of, like, other people are forgetting online is that that is much more, more as important as the Reigns element in my personal opinion. And I'll, I'll leave you guys with that. Um, good re- recaps. Uh, sorry I didn't call in yesterday. I was really tired, but I called in for this because I mean this was like a, I mean this was like a really great moment. One of the best moments that this company has ever done, in my personal opinion. So uh, thank you guys for your recaps, and I'll leave you guys alone. It's getting late. Peace out. All right, thanks, and thank you Hansi. for the call, Hansi. Appreciate it. Uh, any thoughts on uh, any of what Hansi said, John? No, I think if you play your cards right, I think the tag program is big enough that you could do that on. The, the first night of mm-hmm. WrestleMania. I think it's a hot program and you go with the, what is the hottest program is do you position it as such? And I think that that is very, very doable. It does a huge amount for your tag titles. And more, more importantly, it, it is the biggest program. Here's another question that um, I hasn't necessarily been asked yet, but um, 
They're doing Cody versus Roman at WrestleMania. Does Cody have to win? He doesn't have to win. He yeah. probably should win at this point, but he doesn't have to. I mean, that's, you know, that's the, it's his defining story. It's like, it's like chasing this title. And do um, you want to end it already? Well, the argument is, if not Cody, then who? Sami Zayn. Not at WrestleMania, but later on. I, I think you'd be doing WrestleMania a whole lot differently if that was, if that was in, your, in the cards for them. Like, I don't believe that they're looking at, like, the ultimate destination is Sami Zayn as our big conqueror of Roman Reigns. Well, they certainly weren't. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I, I would be questioning at least that possibility, especially after tonight. Uh, let's keep going here with the calls. Let's go to Muggin up next. Muggin. So, Zelina Vega is the commentator for Street Fighter Six, the video game. Yeah, uh, yes. Um, she, yes, Zelina Vega is going to be uh, doing a play-by-play commentary. for. Uh, so, she's in the game. Well, she's like she's doing commentary like in real time, you know, like. Uh, what, what does that mean? Like on a stream or something? Like what? Uh, no, like during gameplay, like you so, see, like you like you hop into versus mode, like you can actually like switch the commentary so that way she's like you know okay. play by play of gameplay. Got it. Okay, so she's in the game. Cool. Yeah. All right. What do you think? Way, of- by yeah. the way, before we continue, I don't mean to cut you off. I gotta say, her gear, her her jury gear was so ill. Like <laughs> it was amazing. Cool. And, uh, cool. Yeah. And by the way, about the uh, the rest of the show, I got I got a question. Dwayne who? Dwayne who? I'm telling you, that ending was fucking tremendous. Okay? <laughs> Look, I yeah. had suspected that Sami Zayn was going to get the boot. And <laughs> just like the fact that he the fact that he struck first, you you have no idea how how excited I was. Like mm-hmm. I was I was like this like when it happened. I, I love the fact that he was the one to to make the first move, and it was not the yes. bloodline turning on him first. I mean, it exactly. makes him look like a hero. Absolutely, exactly. Because if if it was if if it was the other way around, it would be, it would be like if it was the other way around. Yeah, he would still be like people would still feel sympathetic for him, but he would just feel like a guy that just got turned on. The fact that Sammy pulled the trigger, he struck first, made all the difference. Mm-hmm. And of course, I gotta give I gotta give credit to you know to Heyman. His facial reaction, his facial acting was was excellent. Yeah. Jay Uso is Jay Uso is something that something else. He was he was special during that whole thing. The fact that he walked away leaves a lot of intrigue over what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Now, now that I got that out of my system, now I can talk about the rest of the Rumbles. Okay, Gunter was MVP. Like he like like he was MVP. I'm sure, it was like Cody was Cody winning was predictable, but predictable doesn't mean bad. I mean, it was it was already the plan anyway. So I'm happy with that. But Gunter, like lasting all the way to the final two, was just excellent. And I also love, I love, and the fact that he put him with Cody, just he's coming off a track surgery, was genius because he's he loves doing those chops. I do have a few, like one gripe when it comes to uh, both rumbles. Like the women's rumble had a little more NXT talent appear, which was not, which was nice. But I mean, I would, I would love to see like you know Carmelo Hayes or even Braun Breaker in, in the uh, in the men's rumble because. And the, the, like the lack of NXT talent in the men's rubber was, was was pretty noticeable, and mm-hmm. um, I feel like you know uh, I feel like you know Zayn versus Reigns should be the, should be the direction for Montreal because I bet the Bell Center is going to be absolutely apeshit when, uh, when when Sammy is in the match because that's just the, on atmosphere just on atmosphere alone is going to be something it's going to be something amazing, and. Oh. Um, and uh, I'm also glad that Rhea Ripley won the Women's Rumble, and I feel like she's at a bit of a crossroads right now because, like, it's heads or tails. She's got options. 
either she either she faces Bianca Belair in Inglewood or she writes the biggest wrong in her career by facing Charlotte at WrestleMania. Look, if the powers that be see fit to like do Rhea versus Bianca instead, I would give listen, I would give Oscar the I would give Oscar the shot to face Charlotte at WrestleMania because man, I gotta say, Oscar stood up big time in the room in the room of trouble. Like she completely revitalized herself with that new look. Especially with, with that murder makeup. Amazing. Thank you so much for the call, Muggin. Appreciate it as always. Thank you. Let's go up next to Alex. Alex, welcome to the show. What did you think of the Royal Rumble? So I was, um, I'm actually in my rental car right now. I actually just got back from the Alamo Dome. I don't know if you can tell, but my voice is basically just shot at this point. That Mm -hmm. environment was incredible. And it's such a night and day from last year because I was at that Rumble and everyone felt left on such a low this year it's so it was so much different everyone was excited sammy was the most over person in that entire building um the men's rumble match loved it from start to finish it was so good i'm so happy that cody won um i know i know it's very predictable but i i was really happy with it regardless but um the Bray Wyatt stuff, I've had the misfortune of seeing literally name your name your pick of the worst Bray Wyatt matches and I have been there live. Like I've seen the um the 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 terror match with Randy Orton. I've seen the Hell in a Cell. I've been there live. So this was I had very low expectations and it did not meet those low expectations. Bray Wyatt's just one of those characters that I just won't connect with and I just Every time I every time I hear that he has a match, I just groan. But I mean, if it how, works, how was the people, match from a, like the live perspective? Like, how difficult was it to see what was going on? It was bad. I I, I couldn't tell. I can tell what was going on. It just looked like neon neon blobs at times. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's some Naomi chants for for the neon. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um. um the Alexa match, you know, it, the crowd was basically dead until the KOD happened. Um, and then the women's match, it like you guys said, everyone popped for as soon as damage control came out and they were running and they're, you know, taking everybody out. And then Becky came out. That's really when it picked up. Asuka coming out in that Kana gear was awesome. I like Muggin just pointed out something that I now want to see, which is. I want to see Asuka versus Charlotte and get her win back from that streak like that, that Hmm. I want to see that happen now. And, um, the, the Hardy, the Hardy performance was so, I I just wasn't a fan of it. (laughs) It it was, it was just as bad live as it was. It, It was worse in person. I bet than it was on, on Peacock, but, uh, as on the whole, that main event, like you guys said, it was incredible. Like, I, I, it was just like as soon as the match was over, and everyone, everyone was seeing that post match angle. Everyone just stood still on their feet, watching what was happening. Like it, that stadium just paused and just watched what was going on in that ring, and those fucky Roman chants were real. Like though, everyone was so mad, so. I'm very, very excited to see how this all ties into WrestleMania and at Elimination Chamber. Um, I'm going to be at WrestleMania, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to what they do there. So, uh, like I said, it's it was a 
it was a fantastic show live. Um, you know, thank you guys for what you guys do. Like you guys are, you guys are awesome. Um, but yeah. Oh, thanks Alex. You'll definitely enjoy rewatching the angle because not just visually was it really compelling, but that like the dialogue that was going on as well, like for the viewer at home, there was, uh, e- even more. So, uh, when, when you rewatch it, I'm sure you'll, uh, have even more appreciation for it. I'm sure. Yeah. Thanks guys. Appreciate thanks, it. Alex. Thank you so much, Alex. Appreciate it. Let's go up next to Kishan. Kishan, welcome to the show. What did you think of the hey. rumble? Hey guys. Um, I mean, the Rumble overall, I'll give it a thumbs up just for that main event and the storyline. Quickly, like the Rumble matches, I feel like the women's match suffered from the men's one because there was a lot of like mimic booking, like with Walter going to the end made sense. But then you didn't need Rhea being number one as well. Uh, Damage control being like Judgment Day kind of taking everybody out and then Becky playing the edge role coming in and, and trying to clear them out. Uh, but I mean, the right person won, Rhea won, and I feel like uh, in one night they rehabbed Oscar pretty well. Uh, so I agree with everyone else saying that you know if they did the redemption storyline with her and Charlotte, you know that would be an interesting one to do. Uh, but for the main event, like as soon as they started with the men's rumble, I was right away that even heightened kind of what they're going to book the the championship match, like how they were going to book that and. The the layers to this story just keep going. Like now, like we've all been interested in Sammy, and and we still are, but the layers to Jay now have just been like I keep going back to when Jay was uh, forced into the bloodline, and he tells Roman, "I hate you" because of what Roman's making him do, and I feel like all that stuff maybe post Mania, maybe in the summer, is going to come back up, and even now with when Jimmy came back initially and Jimmy was the one saying like, we don't need to like follow Roman and everything like that. Now it's, it seems like it's flipped, right? Uh, Jimmy's got like that Stockholm syndrome and it's Jay, the one who's kind of conflicted and uh, he doesn't know where it's going. Right. So even with this title run, if they, it looks like it's going to be them versus Sammy and KO them losing makes sense. Cause even if Jay decides to stay with them, his head's not in the game, right? And that can just lead to more and more things. So, I mean, this storyline keeps feeding us, you know, even, even when we think we're near the end of the meal, they keep adding layers to it. And it's, it's great. Like it's the best, it's been the best thing in wrestling uh, in the last year. Um, I can't remember a storyline like this that has, you know, been providing so much. I mean, the closest mm-hmm. thing maybe was the, the, the wait for hangman to uh, with the elite, like, those two are the only ones because these these seem like two year storylines, right? But mm-hmm. this this storyline can keep going even if even with Cody winning, right? Uh, down the road, you can do Sammy fighting Roman without the title, true, and him triumphing over him in that way, and then later that can lead to Jay and all these other things, right? So yeah, the thumbs up show just based on the main event, I think. So yeah, cool. Thanks Thank a lot so for the much. call, Kishan. We appreciate yeah, yeah. it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys, for staying up so late. Eh? We oh, appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you. Well. Thank, yeah. thank, all, thank all 600 of you that are watching us live right now on YouTube.com slash wrestling, staying up late with us. Let's go to our final call here from the professor, Chris <laughs> Ely from the Nubian Wrestling Advocates. Chris, how you doing? Hey, I didn't even realize you guys were on. I, I just <laughs> logged on. I was watching um, SNL. It was pretty funny, by the way, uh, Michael <laughs> Jordan. But, um, yeah, I, I really... Um, 
enjoyed this Royal Rumble more than I have uh, past Royal Rumbles. Um, uh, I, I just don't. I think there was only one way to move from from last year's Royal Rumble, and that was up. Um, and even the stuff that I didn't particularly like on this Royal Rumble, it wasn't. It didn't dominate the show. Um, I did notice the. Um, I, I, t- I, I took notes during this Royal Rumble, uh, and I timed the time between entrance of the women versus the men. And I noticed with the women, they were coming out at the beginning like a minute apart. Oh, yeah. They, was, they were coming out pretty rapid. And I imagine the <laughs> show had been running late at, at that point anyway. Yeah, but then um, like towards the end, like I, the longest – one I timed was like two minutes and 46 seconds between entrance. So, yeah. um, I guess, um, cause at the, at the end it was like, like 62 minutes or something that I timed. So, um, it was, it was cool. And, um, I, um, just, um, again, I just thought the, the rumble itself was, um, was both, both, both rumbles. I think the, like it, it annoys me because the Royal Rumble is like a hard match to screw up, in my opinion. So when you screw it up, it, it just annoys me. But um, this year, I, I don't think they did anything like um, I don't think they changed the world with either Rumble. But I think they didn't mess it up, and I think that's that's enough for me. And then of course the the closing. Uh, match, I thought that was um, great, and all the different twists and turns are going to make with it. It's just intriguing to me. Yeah, I think they're going to come out of this show with a, a ton of interest on Monday for for Raw, and I think WrestleMania season. I think you, you know, that Montreal show I think is going to be very, very big, especially if you go to something as big as Reigns and Zayn. I think there's there's overall just a lot of interest in the product, and unlike many years during Rumble uh, Rumble to WrestleMania season. A lot of it, it's it's with your roster that you have created right. these stories that you've built up that this is a year that quite honestly, if they don't have a rock and they don't have an Austin, that is not the end of the world by any stretch that they have uh, enough here that can certainly sustain two nights of WrestleMania and they're, they're going to be very successful shows and, you know, the they, they have a lot of their ducks in a row right now. Right. And, and, you know, then like even like I was hoping like there were people missing like Solo Sokoa. I wanted to see him in the Rumble, but he wasn't in it. But I didn't mind it. You know, I wasn't like um, I didn't feel cheated Um, in even in even having Booker T come back for the it it didn't like it didn't ruin the match. You know, it was just um it, it was just par the course kind of stuff, and I, I w- again, I was cool with it. And you I, were hoping I'm, for a Shane McMahon. That was oh yeah, no, no, I didn't want to see that again. I'm, gl- I'm glad we didn't get that. I'm glad. It, I'm glad they just kept it simple. Cody Rhodes wins it. You know, I'm I'm satisfied. You know, it, it's a show that it's. It's kind of sometimes it's going to be a straightforward show, and this was a show that you know it was getting your people in place, and for some it would was predictable, but sometimes this is like a predictable time of the year where everything is hopefully making sense and going in the direction that it's been uh, building towards. So Cody yeah. and Rhea Ripley, probably a lot of people saw that, but it's in the execution, and I think they did execute well. Where both are coming out with the the right kind of uh, momentum for the the next few months. 
Yeah, it's better than the surprise of Shane McMahon coming in and beating everybody up. So, I mean, mm-hmm. what, what's there to complain about? Well, there you go. Chris, thanks as always uh, for, for popping in and uh, working us in after SNL. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. So check that out, man. It was really good. <laughs> okay, I will. All right. Thank you, Professor. Much appreciated. We have a few pieces of feedback here from forum.postwrestling.com, uh, which is accessible, of course, to all of our Post Wrestling Cafe patrons. John, you want to start us off? Yes. Luke from Quebec. I enjoyed the show. I thought both Rumble matches were quite good, very well structured, and better than those in recent years. I like how the eliminations were not as fast, making each person feel more important. Star-making performance from Gunther, in case anyone wasn't already convinced the guy is awesome. Women's match was also very good, even though few of the women are over with the crowd. was a lot smoother than previous ones that were often pretty sloppy. Having Rhea win win from number one was great and well-deserved, and she's been killing it, both inside and outside the ring. The final angle was an absolute masterpiece of storytelling, one of the best angles this company has ever done brandon from oshawa we can praise the bloodline story to the moon but realistically why in the hell would kevin owens ever team with Sami Zayn after the amount of things the bloodline has done to him and why should we give a shit about this story when it's going to just end with them winning the tag team titles which we have been trained to not care about there's no room to be for cody Rhodes to be involved here it is a massive disconnect after his numerous months story I think the tag titles mean a ton right now, um, given how long the the run has been and who's going to end the Usos. And the whole point of this is that Sami Zayn, it has always been like he has never, uh, you know, he has aligned himself with the bloodline, but it's never been a vendetta with Kevin Owens. Like these two are at the end of the day, they are, they still have this kinship with one another. And that has been Sami Zayn has always had that hesitancy when it comes to Kevin Owens. But he has had to do this with the the Haluva kick at, at war games and culminating with what you did tonight. Like this is, you know, two people that have known each other for, you know, 20 years. And this is like the story of a friendship that at their heart, these two care for one another. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's hard to understand why there would be – and that's what – that should be like this culminating moment when they finally uh, reunite with one another, that it will be this big moment because you wonder about that if if that rift is exists or they can uh, come back together and align. Yeah, and I think even beyond just like the friendship, it's about Sami Zayn mm, making up for – you know, the treatment that he's been receiving, you know, from Roman Reigns and um, this guy doing everything he can to try to get accepted by this group and um, ultimately choosing that he doesn't really need them. It's a personal it's a story of personal growth for Sami Zayn that I think, you know, makes this so attractive. Um, the titles, I would argue, too, would be like, I mean, this the, this Uso's reign is the longest, like legitimately in their history. Let, so, let's also remember, like they have they have never shied away from the whole history in WWE between Zayn and Owens. What does Kevin Owens do the first night in NXT after Sammy has won the title. He 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 power bombs him on the apron. It's like Kevin Owens has turned on this guy in in the past as well, and they have still had this relationship that has existed. So it's not like this one sided thing uh, either. Like Owens has betrayed this guy in the past as well. Let's keep going here. Uh, is Good it man. me or you? You. 
Ross writes, The Closing Angle is one of the hottest WWE has produced in years, and the storyline has been near perfection. Rebook however you have to, but the main event of WrestleMania Night 2 absolutely has to be Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns after tonight. Cody going for the title is a nice story, but Sami and the Bloodline is a legendary one. Imagine the reaction if the Angle had opened the show and Sami won the Rumble from the number 30 spot to end the night. Do you feel if they can explain them teaming together in storyline that Sami, Owens, and Jay versus Roman, Jimmy, and Solo is a big enough match for Montreal if he is not going for the title, or is it too soon for Jay to fight against the bloodline? I don't, I, I don't like that direction so so quickly. The idea, of, first of all, of like brother versus brother, of like Jay versus Jimmy, um, I, I think it would be way too early to. I, I do, I do think it's way too early to have Jay opposing the bloodline because and they're still champions. They're still the champions, and I think that this is this moment of. This crossroads for Jay that I think you have you have teased the idea of him leaving the bloodline, but he is ultimately going to be loyal to his family. But down the road, we'll always remember this crack in this relationship that is not fully addressed, but this family is all he knows, and he is going to go back to what he knows. Yeah, I'm looking for something in all of this that'll take them to the next year's WrestleMania. You know, this is the hottest story they've had in a long, long time. And I I don't see them just kind of cu- cutting it off. I see them somehow branching this off into something that carries them, you know, for the next several months. So um, one of those you know major elements is to have potentially the, Uso, the Usos oppose one another. Or even simply Jey Uso opposing Roman Reigns again. So we'll see. We'll see how they play it. Let's go up next to Nas from New York City, who says the ending was the single greatest emotionally charged segment of pro wrestling I've ever witnessed. That was so, so good. All six individuals involved played their part so well, went above and beyond even my highest of expectations. Just absolutely unreal storytelling. I cannot wait to see what is next. Hats out to everyone involved. Save from Vancouver, I felt the men's rumble. Uh, the show took it. I felt after the men's rumble. The show took a nosedive before the women's picked it up again. The main event was amazing and the storytelling incredible. They had they had since extreme rules to book the night and Bray match, and that is what they came up with. I don't even know what to say anymore about Bray. It's true. You know, this story has taken way too long to get to, and um, I, you know, and, and this was an uh, not an ideal scenario. Like this was a corporate sponsorship match that you were attached to. Very hard to. You know, the Bray Wyatt character to get around this, they did it as best they could, but it wasn't the greatest circumstance, which I'm sure was, you know, assigned to them. I don't think this was something that is, um, you know, it was a difficult spot for both to be in. We go to Tommy from Scotland up next. My prevailing thought on tonight's event is the distinct lack of representation and significant moments for black wrestlers in the Rumble matches, particularly the women's one. It's shameful, but not surprising given Paul's history on and off screen. Hmm. Um, I don't know if I agree with that last part. Um, I mean, he's referring to the Booker T angle, but I mean, we've had Bianca Belair headline WrestleManias. We've had Sasha Banks headline WrestleManias. Um, In this particular rumble, yeah, maybe you can point to it. Um, Trying to think, like, that's maybe more of a problem internally, right? Like, we have... No one, really. Um, Meechin, if you want to count. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, it's more through. of a problem from their, from their like, you know, NXT program up. So, 
Yeah, no, I, I don't really know what to say about it. I don't have that much insight uh, about that particular uh, aspect. But please comment on the video or, or to us if, if you feel the way Tommy from Scotland feels. Robbie from London writes, uh, first WWE show I've watched since SummerSlam, and I have to say I enjoyed it a lot. Both Rumble matches were huge improvements from last year. And that main event may have been the drinks I had, but the main event was just the right amount of drama for me. The acting from Sammy looked conflicted with tears, Jay being distraught, and the boss energy from Reigns really had me. And he says, uh, well, we've kind of talked about discussions for what goes after this. He gives it an 8 out of 10. Benjamin says, best rumble. What a show. The bloodline and the unpredictable machinations mean nothing when a story is told this well. And Rhea Ripley is a perfect choice for winning the rumble. The roads to WrestleMania is risked being overshadowed by the Bloodline versus Zayn story. Jay Uso's walkout was an additional heartbreak that lays out an even more compelling story going forward. Yeah, it's so interesting how like a lot of the discussion um, going into the Rumble was whether or not Sami Zayn's presence would have taken away from Cody Rhodes' participation in the Rumble and the Rumble match itself. They that Rumble match I thought went off without a hitch, but coming off of this show. People are still asking that question. Well, that's the bigger discussion is that, yes, in the inside of the stadium, it was not a case of overshadowing Cody. But following it, I think that angle completely overshadows Cody. And that, mm-hmm. that is not to say Cody is the wrong choice. I think Cody is a very compelling uh, challenger for Roman Reigns going into WrestleMania. I don't think this is the case where it's um, like... It's just this to me is the year that I think a it's just Sami Zayn and like this whole angle is the hottest thing you have. And it's not to say that makes the alternative cold. Cody is not cold at all. And he may end up being perfectly sufficient that you do that. You can get both of these that Sammy gets Montreal and Cody gets WrestleMania and and you revisit. But I would assume like this has been probably their idea for months involving Cody. And I think from that injury onward, like this, this made all the sense in the world when he got hurt and the timing lined up for January for him to come back. And I'm sure like that is, but you never know what's going to catch, catch fire in June. Sammy was not part of the bloodline at all. So that's mm-hmm. the unique part of wrestling is that, you know, things can take off and then you have to pivot or not stick to a plan. Let's go uh, next to uh, we'll go to Connor here from London. The Academy may have to put Rumble 23 in the best picture category after that closing segment. What an amazing storyline they have crafted. Both Rumble matches had great finishes, but as most Rumbles are, the rest of the match is pretty boring. They should look to 2001 on how to make an entire match interesting. How do you see the Bloodline story ending and the matches that come out of tonight? Uh, We've kind of gone over that at least for how it ends. I don't I, I can't tell you, dude. I can't even tell you what happens next week. Um I'm just here to enjoy the ride and to talk about, you know, uh, what we just watched because uh, they have a lot of great possibilities coming up. Let's go up next to Kate from Montreal who says, The final post-match angle feels like the only thing that people are going to remember about the show, and it was a great payoff to the segment of the Bloodline Sami Zayn story. I really like the added twist of having Jay, Roman's first title challenger, questioning himself. It adds a new and unexpected element. I didn't love the strategy of having the first entrant go the entire Rumble in both matches, but I did feel like Gunther and Rhea looked very strong coming out, so I guess that means it worked. Although she didn't win, I also thought Asuka felt like a big deal for the first time in a long time, and I hope that they'll have her go after Charlotte to get her win back at Mania. I liked most of the men's Rumble, but the rest of the show was pretty tiresome, including the Roman-Kevin match, which was the weakest of the ones they've had. 
the angle at the end pr- certainly avoids the usual problem of feeling like things are in a holding pattern until Mania, at least for Roman, since he has this big problem in the interim with Sammy built in. But Cody feels like an afterthought coming out of tonight. The crowd even seemed to lean towards Rollins over him when they were in the match together. If you're WWE, do you rush the Roman Sammy story to get it out of the way before the home stretch to Mania? Yeah, as as I said, I I would do Roman and Sammy in Montreal, and I don't think it's a case of you are wrapping up the story. I think you're just going in the direction of Sammy and Owens together that I think people will take as a advancement of the story and not these two are being sidelined as or given lesser roles going into WrestleMania that it keeps us with our plan of Roman and Cody while also giving Sammy and Kevin with the Usos like that is the perception of a like an A storyline that I believe is is big enough that it, it could be a, a main event for for one of those nights. Agreed. Last one here is Jermaine from Chicago. All right, he calls uh, Nia Jax an unsafe worker. What's going to change in the second run? I love how the SmackDown champion Gunther is being treated. He should be the champion of SmackDown and Cody the champion of Raw. Bray Wyatt had three to four months to get in ring shape and didn't, or time off to work on his in-ring, and he didn't. The man, I mean, the guy did a five-minute match, which was a glow-in-the-dark match. Theatrics-heavy. Yeah. I mean, uh, Hunter can do a lot better with the women because most of the Rumble was dead. Lastly, uh, Roman doesn't need the title. Too often his matches become vehicles for angles like the one tonight. It's a fun gimmick that Jermaine uh, runs. He is consistent uh, throughout all these years, but we uh, we appreciate it um, at 2.30 in the morning. All right. Hey, everybody that's in here right now, all 600 of you, hit subscribe on our YouTube channel. We are trying to get to 13,000 subscribers, you know, uh, help us break through a bit of a plateau that we've experienced. If you enjoy the content that we do, John and I, uh, you know, put a lot of hard work into it. And all we ask is hitting that subscribe, hitting that like, get us recognized by the algorithm as we are, uh, go on our path to 1 million subscribers. Oh, okay. That's the path we're on. I wasn't aware. Okay. Well, that's make it happen. Uh, we are going to be back on Monday with rewind to raw right here on post wrestling and uh, youtube.com slash post wrestling so you can check that out on monday and of course postwrestlingcafe.com is where we do multiple bonus shows per week ask away the mailbag edition will be coming out on tuesday with way and i going through all of your mailbag questions from the forum uh, from the past couple of months because we did miss uh, january but we are coming back large mailbag to get to all of your questions all subjects are welcome so tune into that on tuesday as well uh later on this week Brandon Thurston and I are going to be uh, joining up for a pair of shows this week. We are going to be doing an interview together um, with a special guest. That's going to be dropping on Tuesday. So uh, check out the schedule on Monday to find out the contents of that. And then Friday, Brandon and I will go through the WWE year-end and fourth quarter financial results and uh, earnings call that is happening on Thursday evening. So you can look out for uh, plenty of uh, myself and Brandon Thurston this week. And of course, uh, Brandon and company will be back Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern with WrestleNomics Radio, which will be popping up on the post-wrestling feed. So to everyone that joined us live, thank you very much for joining us on this Royal Rumble Saturday. Way, thank you as always, and um, I need to go to sleep. So good night, everyone. Thanks for listening.